Welcome to Dissecting This Fiction, a podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And December 25th is a big day for the world. A day that we bring some optimism and happiness to everyone. That's right, One Woman 1984 will finally be out. Yep, that's the only reason. I know everyone's very excited for that. At least, I think everyone's very excited for that. But I've still been hearing, I've been seeing on the internet, like, people saying, well, it's not that good, but... I'm seeing quite the opposite. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of people saying it's the movie we needed this year. That's what I would Which is some pretty high fucking things to say. That's true, true. Well, okay, I guess it's pretty low standards, but... Yeah. (laughs) But I've seen a lot of people... A lot of articles like, well, it wasn't as good as it was supposed to be. But, like, how are you... I just don't understand why people want to complain about it before it's even officially out for everyone else. (laughs) Well, how can you... It's literally art. Yeah. you say, as it was supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. That said, we are here to review things that we watch. Yes. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) But we don't do it until after it comes out. Okay. So, I mean... uh... Oh. (laughs) <laughs> I have some pretty strong opinions of Resident Evil 8. Fair enough. <laughs> so. But obviously that's okay. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited to watch this. We're probably going to end up watching it multiple times, I assume, because we're... Yeah, I'll watch it multiple times. Because we're going to do a spoiler cast. Spoilers. Oh. <laughs> now people know there's a spoiler cast. <laughs> spoilers the for the irony, spoiler cast. The irony of the situation. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, we're we're obviously going to watch it at least twice, right? Because yeah. we have a shitty situation where... <laughs> <laughs> where we're going to be. <laughs> where we're going to be somewhere without a 4K TV. Yeah. <laughs> and have to live and view this in an archaic fashion on, yeah. a, on yeah. a 1080p <laughs> yeah. TV. Such bullshit. <laughs> so I'll obviously have to come back home after and mm-hmm. watch it in 4K, yeah. HDR, mm-hmm. a full shebang. Yeah. Shabang, shabang. No. <laughs> we might actually have to set up two chairs up here and watch it on your TV because it's just bigger. Yeah, it, it, it's a little bit bigger. A little bit. <laughs> we got the projector too. Yeah, you but can, I don't think that's 4K. It's not 4K. Yeah. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. But. You know, that kind of money. <laughs> I mean, I've never looked into that kind of a thing. I, I mean, it's pretty expensive. <laughs> okay. So you've looked into it. I did. Okay. At one point. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh. <laughs> you also fucked yourself. Did I? Because now I'm going to expect a 4K projector at it, some point in my life. At some point in your life. Gift. Okay. At some point in your life, I can promise you that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like dying in the hospital. Mm-hmm. There you go. I got you something. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> no, I'll just wait till it's like three or four generations behind and I can actually afford it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, fuck. I guess that explains why people still buy DVDs, apparently. Yeah. It sure does. Also, for vans. Apparently, like, vans that have, like, DVD players and stuff in them, mm-hmm. they're, it's, like, really hard to upgrade to, like, a Blu-ray or whatever, because it's, like, a tiny little screen. So... Is it, like, a all-in-one unit? Yeah, it's, like, included in the headrest or whatever. And they're in the headrest, but, you know, like, in the back of the seat. And some of those, like, fancy vans that have, like, I don't mm-hmm. know if they're fancy anymore. I mean, they're not that fancy if they're, they're DVD players. living DVDs yeah. lives. Yeah, but regardless, uh, those are a thing. So that's one reason people would buy DVDs. They can't just plug in a Blu-ray player into uh, some port? I mean, I don't know. I don't have a van, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> but 
I know that they have DVD players. Well, though. we're going to have to go buy a van. No. So we can review this. I now. will never do that. <laughs> Not going to do that. Do people even buy vans? They Isn't do. Isn't it like SUVs is the standard now? My coworker has a van. A lot like, of people like have vans. Like vans are just like, or SUVs are just the the new van. Because they're better in every way. But there's some people who like really like their vans because they're like a lower clearance and they get better mm-hmm. gas mileage. Vans are known for getting shitty gas mileage. No, they're better than a lot of SUVs. Like a like a Tahoe or whatever, like a big SUV, a van gets better gas mileage. Okay, yeah, but it's... Basically, for the number of people you can fit into a van, like, gas mileage per person is better in a van than it is in a large SUV. Because you would need, like, third row seating in an SUV, and those big ones have... Yeah, I guess. It just feels like it's still two shit things. Yeah. But if you have, like... There's things that are better mileage than either of those. But if you have, like, six kids, you don't really have an option. I mean, just don't have six kids, maybe. I mean, that's also an option, but some people do that. (laughs) It's not for me, but... (laughs) You imagine having to take two cars everywhere? I would probably just buy a school bus. Yeah. If I had six kids. A short bus? Yeah. (laughs) You'd always have the right of way. True, yeah. You know, no one's going to question you if you run a red light. They'll be like, oh, they got to get that kid home. Yeah. He's disabled. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. The win-win. Yeah. But (laughs) moving on. (laughs) We have some new releases to talk about. There's a few more things coming to streaming through the end of this year in case you don't have HBO Max or you're waiting for Wonder Woman or you want something else to watch. We got a few other items for you. Well, some other things on HBO Max, since we talked about that, are the extended edition of Independence Day is coming on December 26th after Wonder Woman, which comes out on Christmas, as we mentioned. I mean, I'm assuming this is the (laughs) welcome to Earth, bitch. Movie, right? Yeah, I think so. Did he say bitch or did I just I add that? You might have just added it's, that. It was probably in the extended It was edition. implied. Yeah. <laughs> the bitch was silent. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I didn't know, if, assuming this is the same movie, which I have to assume it is. Yeah, I would assume so. I did not know there was an extended edition. Yeah, I didn't Unless either. I've always seen the extended edition and just never knew it was better. Yeah, I had no idea there was an extended edition. I mean, I saw the movie when I was a child in theaters. Uh, for those who aren't sure what a theater is, <laughs> these were buildings that you would go to with a bunch of strangers and you'd line up and sit down. Yeah. And watch the same fucking thing for a few hours. Yeah. Um, I think it's this kind of funny, like, strange timing for Independence Day, but... I mean, I'm here for it. I mean, it's an older movie. It's not yeah. really like, oh, we gotta wait till July 4th. <laughs> that's true. Make sure we get that market that's looking for this movie. Yeah. They'll probably just take it off and then put it back on yeah. in July anyways. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it goes on and immediately has a leaving soon <laughs> notification. <laughs> leaving June 30th. Yeah. All right, and December 28th, His Dark Materials Season 2 has its finale, for anybody who's been watching that. Um, I forgot about this show. We should probably watch yeah, it. Yeah, well, I kind of yeah. was like, well, I'll just binge it when it's, Wait till it's full done. out. Good and call. I'm sure other people are doing that. Yeah. That's why I put it on the list. That so makes people sense. Can... It's available for binging at that point. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, also, Disney Plus on December 25th, Soul is coming out for anyone who's been waiting for that. And along with it comes Burrow, which is an animated short. I don't. I think that means it's like attached. Like in I the beginning. feel like it's going to be before yeah. Souls because I think Pixar started doing shorts before their films. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Uh, you you forgot the Mandalorian chapter seventeen. Uh, but we just watched the last episode of the Mandalorian. So you're telling me it's completely over? Yeah. I believe so. So based on what I, they're saw. not gonna just have a new episode every week until the Earth is destroyed. I don't think so. I think they're gonna have to take a break. <laughs> then they'll maybe give us another season at some point in the future. <laughs> maybe in a galaxy far, far away. Most likely. <laughs> All right. Well, it is what it is. All right. <laughs> as the young crowd says. Yeah. And Amazon Prime has Sylvie's Love on December twenty third. Um, which is, I guess, Tessa Thompson is in it, and it's like a 1950s period piece about love and her career and stuff, so. It looks like it's like some traumatic breakup Uh in the trailer that she has with a guy. Got it. And then she starts this big career as a producer or some shit. Okay. Starts a family, blah, 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 and then the guy comes back into her life. Of course. At a later date. Okay. Stumbling into him, and then, you know. And then it gets awkward. Three's company. <laughs> Isn't it three's a crowd? Depends how. Oh, three's company's a show. Depends yeah. if uh, the glass is half filled or half empty, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's true. I mean, something's filled. <laughs> okay. Uh, Hulu has something you're, I think we might have mentioned this last week, but you were into this movie. So uh, on the 22nd of December, You Cannot Kill David Arquette is coming to Hulu. Spoilers, by the way. What? I was into it, huh? I mean, I thought so. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a it's a documentary, but like I feel like it at parts feels like it's a mockumentary mm-hmm. rather than a real documentary. But mm-hmm. that could just be the charm of the fact that it's about him and when he was in wrestling in the '90s for a short period of time. Got it. And how it made him the most hated person in that industry. Because he was a celebrity who just basically walked in over these people who put their blood, sweat, and tears into the wrestling world. Right. Uh, and so it kind of just covers how he's been dealing with that and like him kind of on this redemption arc to come back and like win the fans' approval mm. that he deserved it. Deserved, well, not that he deserved what the championship that you had won back in the day, but just that he get their approval and respect rather than feel like he was like the biggest mistake to wrestling. Okay, got it. I'm sure he also will that'd be an easy way to make a paycheck. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of dive into how it kind of has affected him getting roles since the scenario happened. I see. Um I mean, but he's also going to be in Scream 5, so yeah. I guess it's turned around. Not that much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it was interesting. I liked it. Yeah. Um I paid for it when it first came out, but like, yeah, I, I think it's worth a watch on Hulu. Cool. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, I think it's it's interesting enough. Okay. All right. Looks like Netflix has the most things, at least that we found. Um, on December 22nd, something called The White Tiger is coming to Netflix, and it's based on a book. Yes, which I have not read. Got it. But it's a best-selling novel, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And it was good enough to get a Netflix movie. Yeah, clearly. 
All right. December 23rd, The Midnight Sky comes to Netflix. Uh, this one is a post-apocalyptic tale. It follows Augustine, played by George Clooney. He's a lonely scientist in the Arctic, and he races to stop Sully, played by Felicity Jones, and her fellow astronauts from returning home to Earth, where a mysterious global catastrophe has taken place. George Clooney directs this adaptation of the actual novel, Good Morning, Midnight, is the book that this one is based off on. Yeah, uh, so I didn't even know George Clooney was starring and or directing anything yeah I, so this was a huge surprise <laughs> this was a big surprise to me yeah this mysterious catastrophe has to be coronavirus right <laughs> this is gonna be like a, a true story i mean that would like be a true in- story but told to the future right that would be interesting i really like felicity jones and george clooney is obviously amazing so yeah. she's uh she was the one that was in Rogue One, right? Yes. And she also played in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, I think you might be right. I didn't even think about who that. Who would have been who would have been the Black Cat? Oh. Spoilers. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty down for this movie. I came out of nowhere for me, but Yeah. I'll definitely be watching it. Yeah. Sounds like a good one. I'm glad it's on Netflix. Uh something else for people on December 25th, something called Bridgerton. On Wonder Woman 1984 day? Yeah, if you're not too busy watching Wonder Woman. (laughs) Uh, Bridgerton will be there. This looks like Victorian England setting where a writer is uncovering scandals of the people at the court and publishing them in like a gossip paper type situation. Watching the trailer for this, I got the tone of Enola Holmes and Sex and the City. Okay. But that's based off me never watching Sex in the City. Right. And yeah. just knowing it's about her fucking gossiping about shit in yeah. a paper. Yeah. So that's how I made the connection. Right. Um, I feel like this was more like uh, Desperate Housewives or Gossip Girl, but set in Victorian England because it seemed very like rumors and gossip based. Um, okay. I could see that. Yeah. I thought this was going to be your jam and no. you were like, no. No. <laughs> but, like, I feel like you're all about Victorian stuff. I mean, I Anything like... Anything that's in that setting, it feels like you're into. I like period stuff, but it's got to be, like, histor- like a, based on a historical figure or, or or hilarious. And this looked like neither of those, so... <laughs> well, the description says the Bridgerton family, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming they were a family that was known at the time. Maybe. And I'm not saying I wouldn't check this out, but it doesn't look like it's going to be something I'm, like, super into. It looks more uh, Jane Austen-y than I'm usually into. Okay. Yeah. Like, Sense and Sensibility and that crap. But I thought you really liked the Emma stuff. Um, Well, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm interested in it because it looks like it's got humor involved. It looks like it's going to be funny as well. Well, And that's why I'm interested. Not because it's Jane Austen by default. I'm more of a sense and sensibility and zombies type. <laughs> or okay. no, is it? So you want <laughs> a period piece where everybody is Clayface from Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah. An actor! <laughs> yes. They, it either needs to be hilarious or based on a famous figure. Like I've watched a lot of things that are based on Mary Queen of Scots or Queen Elizabeth or whatever. Mm. Not the current one, but you know, the original. <laughs> the first. So, those ones are more entertaining to me, but just gotcha. generic period stuff, I'm there. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
exciting. Learning new things about my wife every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, always. And forever. Yeah. And uh, for this next one, I'm going to kick it over to you. I don't want to steal your thunder. I appreciate you not taking this from me. Yeah. Uh, yes, Transformers, War for Cybertron, Trilogy Chapter 2, Earthrise. That's a mouthful. It sure is. Will be out on Netflix December 30th. Just in time for the new year. Yeah. You can have a marathon of it on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Actually, we'll probably be done with it by then, to oh, be yeah. honest. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're only like half an hour, and I want to say we finished the first part in like three hours. Yeah, we, we barreled through it for sure. So, I will definitely be done fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It looks like they're going to shift into having some Beast War type situation involved now. Nice. So, we'll see. Yeah. I have uh, high expectations after the first part, so. Yeah, definitely. And then one final little thing to throw in here. On December 31st, they're going to have a uh, Best of Stand-Up 2020. This is a Netflix comedy special, which is essentially, it's described as the funniest bits from all the other Netflix comedy specials this year. So, I guess if you didn't watch a bunch of comedy, but you want to check out something, it's kind of like a montage of, like, the good stuff, apparently. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, might be fun to check out some raise your spirits in this interestingly horrible year. <laughs> um, it's going to have some comedians like Jerry Seinfeld, Leslie Jones, Taylor Tomlinson, Kevin Hart, among many others. So Okay. So it's basically going to be like a demo sampler Pretty to much. get people to go watch the other shit exactly. on Netflix. Yeah. And it's still only like an hour and something long, like hour and 20 minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's not super long but it's it'll it's like a sampler like you said yeah i'm assuming it's all netflix stuff yes it's from the netflix comedy specials from this year sounds good yeah we still have to watch some of those yeah i think dave Chappelle, kevin hart yeah were i think they've released some that we didn't watch yet yeah i watched i think we watched the taylor tomlinson one or i did i can't remember i'm not sure who that is so she was like blonde chick <laughs> there are a lot a lot of blonde chicks she went with the dog <laughs> She talked about being in her 20s. Okay. <laughs> Either way, we watched it. Okay. <laughs> I follow her on Instagram now as so I see more of her stuff, so that's probably why I'm more familiar. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, that's it for our new releases coming out this yep. week. Right? And that I, that's kind of including to the end of the, the, end of the month. Yeah. yeah. I, we may or may not have an episode next week, depending yeah. on the news. Yeah. And how festive we get. Yeah. <laughs> festive. Yeah. Like busy with holiday stuff uh we do have a couple of delays well just one delay and one reschedule okay uh mortal Kombat: the reboot is of course coming to hbo max we have learned in the last few weeks mm-hmm. uh but it did not have a specific date and they have finally announced that it will be on april 16th 2021 released on hbo max and in theaters interesting okay and to follow up, Tom and Jerry was moved up one week to February 26th from March 5th. Okay. It seems like they probably just didn't want to compete with Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon animated film. Mm, that makes sense. Because that was coming out the same day. Got it. But I was kind of surprised by that because this is going to be included with HBO Max mm-hmm. versus that movie being a $30 charge on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. You're already limiting your viewer base with that so yeah. the competition would be a lot easier for them you think yeah true but i guess they just want the weak advantage of maybe it's interesting of being released before yeah 
either to get out of the way or to get the spotlight before, right? Yeah. But it's like, it's Tom and Jerry. It's not like that big of a deal, right? I mean, yeah. I They're not the most relevant thing anymore, right? Yeah. I'm sure this is more nostalgia for adults who grew up with it as yeah. kids. And now they're going to try and have their kids watch it. Yeah. I'm sure WB's trying to revamp it. Yeah. You see them come out with a lot of the cartoons again. True. Looney Tunes they're trying to make a resurgence with. Yeah. Well, that's it for our delays or scheduling changes when we get into our DTF quickies. First up, Disenchantment Part 3 is releasing January 15th on Netflix. This is that, like, kind of adult animated show that's um, created by Matt Groening, the Simpsons creator. Um... I liked the show. We never... Did we even finish first season? We watched like half of the first part. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. And then we never finished it. I don't know. Is this considered one season or is this considered season three? Like, they call it parts and it's a little weird to me. I think what it means is seasons. They're just doing them in like small chunks rather than all at once? I think so. Okay. I enjoyed it enough, but like we just never really went back to it. Yeah, because every time I wanted to watch it, you're like, nah. (laughs) Yeah, that rings a bell. But then when I was like, so can I just watch it without you? You were like, well, no. I don't feel like I said that. You did. You were like, well, I want to watch it. We'll watch it. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm officially saying on the podcast, you can watch it without me. Okay. But don't spoil it for me. I won't. Better not. Okay, good to know. Good, I have something to watch. Oh, yeah. There yeah. was nothing for you to watch in the whole well, world. Well, I've been, like, really... Up until this fucking point. I was really... Right now. I was really annoyed with it on our list this whole time, because I'm like, I just want to watch this, and then we never did, so I can get that done. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that'll be just really fast once you start watching it. Uh, next up, HBO added some people to the tr- the cast of House of the Dragon. That's the uh, Game of Thrones prequel about the Targaryens, like, 300 years before or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. Um, some of the people they added were... Uh, Emma D'Arcy, Olivia Cook, and Matt Smith. Matt Smith is a, a Doctor Who. He's one of the Doctor Who's. Yep. Yeah. And he was supposed to be in Rise of the Skywalker, but he never showed up in that movie. Huh. Remember they cast him for the yeah. Star Wars Episode yeah. Nine? Yeah, I forgot about and that. And he was never in it, as far as anybody could tell. Weird. I wonder if he was just like in a mask or something. He was and like nobody... a stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, he's just like a random stormtrooper. <laughs> oh, yeah, funny. Um, so they are all reportedly cast in this series. Um, so that's good to know. Got some progress coming. I know a lot of people are waiting for that show. Yeah, they're kind of trickling out info of yeah. that. I'm sure we're still a while away from the release. But yeah, I'm sure. They want people to die down on their hatred for Game of Thrones <laughs> for the, before the they release it. For the last episode, yeah. True, true. Uh, on the topic of dragons, Chris Pine could star in a Dungeons & Dragons movie. Uh, mm-hmm. This is via THR, The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, the Star Trek and Wonder Woman actor is in talks to star in a Paramount and E1 adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons. Do you think it's going to be like based on people playing D&D or based on the actual characters that people emulate playing D&D? Well, from my understanding, it was at the very least there was a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And in the cartoon, that was the premise was they were D&D players mm-hmm. who were sucked into the world. Oh, okay. So basically Jumanji. Got it. But with a different But Jumanji game. was probably the one stealing the story. Got it. Okay. Retrospect, I have no respect for Jumanji now. Oh. <laughs> okay. So you did that to yourself. 
Yeah. That's Uni- me talking to the game. Universal? <laughs> I think it was. I was talking to the board game. Oh, got it. Got it. Okay. Understood. People were like, what? There was a like, board who? game? <laughs> Probably. Yes. Long before The Rock took over. Yeah. There was a board game. Mm-hmm. Maybe read a book once in a while, too. Yeah. Particularly the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> which is a new series coming to Disney Plus Christmas of 2021. Yeah. So it's a year away. That was a big surprise. Yeah. This was not even announced at the um, Investor Day, like a week before. Or right, whatever it yeah. Was. So I was not expecting this release. Yeah. So that's pretty... Pretty exciting for anybody who wanted to have more of a backstory to Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And, of course, Tamara Morrison is going to be returning, who played Jenga Fett mm-hmm. in the Star Wars prequels. And, of course, Boba Fett was a clone based mm-hmm. off that story. <laughs> Spoilers. So, well, <laughs> you had a good amount of time to watch it. <laughs> so, he will be returning as the role of, of course, Boba Fett. Even though he never technically played the character before. That's how cloning works. Yeah. (laughs) It's just science. Yeah. And Ming-Na Wen will be joining him on the show. Uh, She's known as Chung-Li from the old Street Fighter movie. (laughs) Or as Agent May in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. For those who don't hate that show. (laughs) And of course, Jon Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Robert Rodriguez will all executive produce... This new show for Disney Plus. Nice. So it's good to see that they're going to have their hands in it because they've done pretty well with The Mandalorian so far. Yeah, it certainly seems like it. Marvel actually announced another Disney Plus show, since we're on that subject. Uh, Marvel Studios Legends is going to be a new series that revisits some of the most iconic moments from the MCU, uh, one character at a time. They're going to start off with Wanda Maximoff and Vision, um, and the first two episodes start streaming January 8th on Disney Plus. Okay, so... Very clearly, this is going to be a marketing ploy Yeah. to promote WandaVision. Yes. A week before that's out. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I can't tell with, like, new Disney Plus shows if they're going to be a real Disney Plus show or just, like, a, oh, look at this cool thing that we already did show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... <laughs> they're very good at basically just making advertising hidden as... A show. Another show, yeah. Like Peacock. <laughs> well, they're not good but it, at that. They're not good at it, but they tried and it <laughs> failed miserably, yeah. But it's the same idea, just Disney Plus is pulling I it off better. I will not let that Peacock fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, we don't really know if this is animated either, do we? No, I have... I, I imagine it would have to be, right? Well, it says it's revisiting some of the most iconic moments, so it probably is going to be maybe reclaimed footage. That would be my guess. I mean, I take it as it's going to be more in-depth, like looking under the microscope of particular scenes or moments of the MCU movies. I'm picturing this to be... like, specifically Wanda and Vision, I'm expecting this to be based off when they were both in their little European vacation Mm -hmm. before Infinity War. Right. Where they kind of were on their little, like, romantic getaway in the beginning of that film. I'm expecting to kind of like tie into like that backstory. Okay. I kind of got a different vibe from it. I'm feeling like this, this seems like it's going to be kind of like that um, behind the scenes Mandalorian show where it's going to be like people that were involved in it or like people having commentary on different scenes. Oh. Maybe I just 
I don't know. That makes a lot more sense because that covers answering how they're going to fucking make this show. Yeah. If they aren't going to have people coming in to do live action. Yeah. Footage. I, stuff. Yeah. Like I think they're going to be using scenes that we've already seen or maybe some cutting so room floor. Just, so it's the, the round table of. Yes. That's like that's, Star Wars. Did that's what I'm expecting since the Mandalorian show did that. That makes more sense. I take everything I said back. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, what I said still works. It's it just does, they're talking yeah. about it rather than it being like a an actual oh, scene. see more in depth yeah. of this right. experience. I would definitely be down for what you described, but I have a feeling that would be a bigger production budget. That's why I assumed yeah. it would be animated if it was yeah. under that concept. Yeah, that would be a cool idea, though. But they didn't say one way or the other. So it probably yeah. is more of a documentary design. So it's not at all under the microscope like I thought. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Because we're, we're both just... <laughs> guessing here so um it'll be interesting to see how that turns out speaking of microscopes though uh ant-man and the wasp 3 has some news quantum mania is it quantum mania yes such a weird name um so cassie lang has been recast um emma Furman was the actress that played cassie lang in the most recent and this is scott lang's daughter yes ant-man Ant-Man's daughter um the last time we saw her was in Endgame. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. A, well, an older version of her. Yes, an older which... version of her. Yes. Um, yes, and so they've announced they announced actually during Investor Day that they recast her with Catherine Newton, um, who is in Freaky, which recently came out. She's from, actually also from Big Little Lies, Cockblockers, and Detective Pikachu. Um, so she's obviously like a bigger name. Yeah, she's been in more things. Yeah. Um, Emma Furman actually had a response on Twitter. I guess people were like incensed for her. Um, she said, just wanted to come in, come on here and say, I see all your kind messages. Thank you for all your support. It was meant, it has meant the world to me. I was as sad as you are all were to hear the news Thursday. I can only hope that this means there is something else for me in the future of the MCU. I will always be grateful to have been a part of the MCU and the biggest movie of all time. Being an actress is still my number one passion and I look forward to what the future holds. So... That's a bummer, because I kind of... Yeah, right? You think that you're, like, the actor for yeah a character that's potentially going to expand and become its own thing, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, oh, yeah. Just we're just... I'm curious, though, why that was a thing. Yeah. Do you think that's a normal thing that happens? Do they just... Do they just... Do you think they just do auditions to see if there is anybody better at a later date, or is think this was, like, a weird scenario where they decided that they, she wasn't fit for... Where they wanted the character to go, I, I acting kinda, quality or yeah, whatever. I'm kind of wondering. It seems like going with a bigger name or somebody who people are already recognizing was a very very strategic move. I don't know why they would need I mean, to do that. I though. wouldn't say that I would have known who she was off the bat without having to look her up. No, but when you see her, I face, recognize her after I see. Well, her. Oh, yeah. she was in that. That's you don't right. necessarily recognize the name, but if you saw her face on an ad, you'd be like, "Oh, I know her." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Versus Cassie Lang or Emma Furman, you might not, not everybody would recognize her immediately. Um, so maybe they did that just on pure marketing to get more people to go see it mm-hmm. who already knew of her face, even if they didn't know her name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've seen that in several, usually it's in like sitcoms and stuff though, where they've like, the pilot is this one actor or actress and then yeah, they yeah. recast for the whole show. But yeah. like, that's a different kind of a different scenario. So yeah, usually that's like, something in there like the person's history or whatever right it's like they get rid of them for whatever reason 
like Roseanne, mm-hmm. the daughter was replaced mm-hmm. like randomly in one of the seasons. And yeah. then after a little while, they brought the original back again. It yeah. was very weird. Yeah. But then sometimes maybe it could be something as simple as whoever is directing or some in some way creatively in charge decided that they wanted to go a different route with the character. I don't know. It's it's always interesting to see things like this happen because you never really know what's going on in behind the scenes. Well, I mean, all I can think is, is it's about depth of acting. Yeah. Not to say that Emma Furman was a bad actor, but whatever they wanted the character to be able to do on a particular level. Right. I assume means that Catherine Newton has that ability that they're confident in. Yeah, that's, yeah, they it's like a safer bet with her, potentially. Mm-hmm. I guess what I was trying to figure out is, is this like a, like a common thing that like they will see if there's anything better out there or is it like not common that that happens? Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Obviously, like big name characters, you're not going to see that. Right. Like they were going to see if there's somebody better than Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. after <laughs> yeah. they did their roles, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you can only assume that this character is going to be expanding at some point. Yeah. Uh, it might be of note. Though this is not really a good reason to do that, but the comics have Cassie Lang as a blonde. So, obviously, Emma There'd could... There'd be no way we could change her <laughs> hair color. We're going to have to recast. Obviously, she could dye her hair, but, like, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. <laughs> but like, we're on tough times of 2020. We can't afford to do any more budgetary uh, changes. Yeah, I don't We're going to need someone with blonde hair. Yeah. And just avoid that whole fee and process. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, you know? They're like, yeah, so, uh, Catherine, are you going to be able to supply your own costume? (laughs) We're kind of running low on funds this year. Yeah. Uh, But on the topic of a comeback, uh, Lady Sif from the Thor franchise is coming back for Thor Love and Thunder. This is via Deadline, uh, played by Jamie Alexander, who I believe she left for a show on NBC. But the show didn't really pan out. Oh, okay. That's why she wasn't in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, really? Okay. Because she had scheduling conflicts with the show she was on. Oh, Blind Spot. Blind Spot. I remember that. Okay. But uh, the sources also say that she will be returning to the film as well as Loki on Disney Plus. Very cool. Which would make sense to tie into that whole thing. We do, you know, we've heard that Loki's going to be a part of Thor: Love and Thunder, which would. Not be a surprise, right? Exactly. Some of our biggest news in the Marvel Universe. Uh, allegedly, this is via CBR. Allegedly, the deal has been extended between Marvel and Sony for the rights to Spider-Man to be used in the MCU. Oh. Uh, this is because of a growing importance of the character and the MCU's future, where we could see the wall crawler and more properties among the MCU. Not just the third installment that's coming out next mm-hmm. year and the one appearance that I believe he was supposed to do with the current contract. Yeah. Uh, so, according to CBR, there was a deal extension on the character mm-hmm. and we can expect to see him more than the two films now. That's really cool. I'm, I like that. However, I just want to say, can somebody just make up their fucking mind? Like, Well, here's my <laughs> thing. Okay. I fully think that the deal originally that was put the, in the place after all the drama mm-hmm. was intended to 
give a send-off to the character Mm -hmm. so he could be fully utilized in Sony's own little world, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. I think that Spider-Man 3 was going to introduce the Spider-Verse and give a reason why he fucking leaves. Right. And then puts him in with Venom and whatever. And all the others, yeah. Yeah, Morbius. Um, I think the pandemic fucked everything up in yeah. that aspect. Yeah, that's probably true. Whether it's better or worse. I mean, depends how you feel about the character in right. the Spider- or in the MCU. But I think both Marvel and Sony probably realized... We're on tough times right now. Yeah. We're all kind of losing money with Hollywood being shut down. Yeah. And, you know, the fear that theaters will be closing. Mm-hmm. They might have found a mutual agreement that it might be in our best interest to continue this together and yeah. try and secure some financial support yeah, we going forward. Pro- prop each other up. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of uh, saying, well, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, of course, this is not necessarily official. Yeah. Uh, that's what they're reporting, but I don't know if it's official. Yeah. So I think that it, it was probably more of an issue with the times they are changing. Yeah. Because of the pandemic. Yeah, that would not be surprising. Um, and we kind of heard rumors, too, that Black Widow not being released yet is fucking with the timeline of the MCU going forward. I mean... It seems and like it should. They might have to shift around when things take place and, and the story that they're going. Yeah. Um, again, that's not official, but that's kind of the rumors going around is that, that they are really changing things around because they can't do what they had planned mm-hmm. because they can't release a fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, they can. It's called Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, but they're refusing to acknowledge that as an option. <laughs> they're like, I don't know what we could possibly yeah, do. <laughs> if only we had a streaming service. <laughs> That we could release it on. Yeah. Anywho, I, uh, I'm kind of torn because I feel like this Spider-Man is like not quite what I wanted him to be. Yeah. But it's like beggars can't be choosers, you know? Yeah. I feel like I have... I'll take what I can get, I guess. Yeah. Until it's absolutely terrible. What would you, just out of curiosity, what would you have wanted? I just feel like they focused too much on him as a kid. Uh-huh. And I know that's, like, kind of what Spider-Man is known for. But, like, there's also a lot of him where he's just an an adult. Mm -hmm. And I just, I guess I would like to see him as an experienced Mm -hmm. hero fighting these villains. And it's not always a fucking origin story of the villain. Yeah. And on top of that, the way they're doing it where they're all tied to Tony Stark, it's a little ridiculous. Because Spider-Man is such a character that had so many fucking qualities to like relate to you know like like he was like the character that you understood because you got his problems and like he dealt with like day-to-day issues and shit he wasn't like a millionaire he wasn't they basically made him a a tony stark jr yeah is what they've done yeah i mean he basically inherited his money right it seems like right so i don't know it'll be interesting what they do with the iron heart as well because that's kind of what spider-man became at a point Mm-hmm. Was that character? Okay. But now they're bringing Ironheart in, right? So maybe that's this is their way of putting Spider-Man into what he should be traditionally. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like they they've tweaked him a, a a good amount that yeah, it's fine for what they're doing, but it's just it's not not my Spider-Man. I guess is right. what I'm saying. Not my Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not like passionately yeah. hateful about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I had that. Kind of that feeling when, because I didn't have a lot of comic 
knowledge before the first Spider-Man movies came out with Tobey Maguire. And so, like, I loved those movies because I was, like, of the age where Mm -hmm. that was, it was, it was the time, you know? So, Mm -hmm. and then whenever the Andrew Garfield movie came out, I was like, no, fuck that. It's not time yet. I can't (laughs) do another one. And then I was like, well, okay, I kind of like this guy. Like, I I like the Mm -hmm. idea that he's just, like, sarcastic, whatever, you know? Like, I I was, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with that concept because I was just like, well, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is law. That's what happens. Because I didn't know. it's law. (laughs) It is the the story behind the character because I didn't have anything else, so. Spider-Man 3 really fucked, I think, with the um, Tobey Maguire franchise. Yeah. Because I think the company wanted them the shoehorn in all these villains. Yeah. It seemed like Sam Raimi didn't want to do some of the stuff that he had in that movie. Yeah. But he just kind of had to. He was like, all right, how can I make this happen? So I think Spider-Man 4 fell apart pretty fast after it was getting started. Right, right. Unfortunately, we won't know what that was going to have been. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe this will highlight some of what that could have been. Yeah, definitely. If they have all three in the same universe. Yeah. Which it seems the rumors are pretty strong on. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of you are probably struggling listening to what we're talking about because you're sitting there thinking, fuck, 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 fuck. (laughs) Wonder Woman 1984 Day is coming up in a few days. And I do not have a way of watching it on HBO Max because all I have is a Roku (laughs) or a PS5. (laughs) We're in harsh times right now. Yeah. (laughs) I have good news for you people. The service is finally on Roku and PS5 as of as of the 17th. So anybody who was unable to watch HBO Max on their Rokus and PS5s can now do so just in time for Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, it's about fucking time. Yeah, How long has it been? So the service launched like in May, like late May. Uh-huh. So it's been about seven months that people okay. didn't have access to this app on certain devices. Yeah. And then I think because uh, Amazon Fire Stick or whatever joined the club like a couple months ago, maybe, right? I feel like we talked yeah, about they, this. Yeah, they've trickled out some other yeah. services. Yeah, so I think we're all, everybody's pretty much covered now, right? Based after these two. That seems like those are the holdouts. Overall, as far as I can yeah. tell. Yeah, so that's good. That's really good news. I mean, that's a lot of people, too. Roku yeah. covers a lot it's of It's a pretty big market. Yeah. Especially in the, like... Like, I know people that, that are like, well, I, I have a Roku. Yeah. Which, if, I mean... For, it's not necessarily the best option, but, like, if I only had a Roku and I couldn't watch HBO because of it, I would be like, okay, what can I buy that will let me watch it? Yeah. But then again, originally the option would have been Fire Stick, but, of course, that wasn't on that either because yeah. a $20 Fire Stick's not that big of an yeah. investment. Well, I mean, we're gamers, yeah. so automatically... We have consoles. We have consoles yeah. that, fortunately, most of the time yeah. do cover the apps that we need. Um, apparently PS5 didn't have it, which I didn't even bother to look if it did because I just do it on Xbox. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't even concerned about that. Yeah. But yeah, I I guess you gotta keep in mind that there's people that don't game. Yes. And don't have have these consoles that, that cover all these different media services. Yeah. And a lot of smart TVs are, they have the Roku internally or whatever. Mm. Some of them have like Amazon, some of Amazon. Some of them have Amazon. Some of them have like this other. What is it called? B- Bixby or something. So I have no it's that's that a is. Samsung thing, I think, mm. uh, or LG. One of the one LG of the has a thing, but I don't yeah. use that either. Yeah. So presumably, a lot of the smart TVs that were Roku based couldn't have access to it either, and now mm. they should be able to theoretically. So and that's where you see all those uh, politics and the 
the contracts and stuff yeah. on wanting to get more competitive so that they don't give competitors success. And yeah. It's good to see. A lot of people will be able to watch this now. Yeah, definitely. All right. So now that everybody, or at least most everybody, has access to HBO Max, <laughs> uh, some news about our the international opening of Wonder Woman 1984, since we're still waiting for it to come out here in the U.S., um, it has made $38.5 million on its opening. That's $18.8 million in China. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, what gain of membership HBO Max gets from the month of December or viewership in the U.S. in, in addition. Like the, their subscribership level would be interesting to see how that spikes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this December alone, they should see a huge... Yeah jump in subscribers Easily. right yeah for sure <laughs> and then drops in january yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i imagine most people will just pick the month that they have the movie that they want to watch out right yeah and that's probably what they're betting on probably. so by the logic have something every month mm-hmm. you're always guaranteed to have a portion of people subscribe exactly. every month right yeah it'll just be a question of whether they can sustain that kind of a budget to profit margin for releases for and releases stuff. Yeah, yeah that's a good point cool and I'm also curious too, like the the whole 38.5 million is that based off areas that do have sections of the countries that are not open to theaters and all that stuff, or is this like imply that these countries are all fully open? There's no limitations. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I none... that's a variable that like kind of would it's... impact this, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get some better data after. Um... It opens up here and stuff. We can get some more yeah, in-depth information on that. I mean, I think they're expecting most people to watch it on HBO Max, right? Mm-hmm. In the U.S. Yeah. at least. So. Yeah, definitely. Especially in California. So expect the U.S. theater box office numbers to be really fucking bad. Yeah. They're, I, I feel like they, they might have already done this, but they probably need to have a, a third category in... Um, like on box office mojo and like places where you go to look at statistics, they probably need to have some kind I of mean, if that's even relevant after a certain point, right? Yeah, but at at, at some point, they're probably going to need to include a parameter that is indicative of how many people watched it, like what its viewership, what its theoretical but, dollars would be. But that's based on if the studios or services who have them provide that data, because like Netflix, that's true. we don't know how many people watch their shit. That's true. We just base it on them saying, oh, it was number three most viewed thing yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. That doesn't give a time frame. That's true. That doesn't give how many people watched it. True. Like, does and, and what does that mean? Did they watch five minutes and decide it wasn't for them? Did they watch the entire thing? Yeah, some of those like, things. Like, what are the, the parameters of they watched it? Yeah, we need, like, Google Analytics for Netflix. <laughs> but on the subject of Wonder Woman... We do have some information uh, regarding Gal Gadot. She kind of spoke up about her experience with Joss Whedon on the set of um, Justice League for the reshoots. And this ties into uh, the Ray Fisher yes. uh, situation and all that investigation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so she, she um, the, uh, talked with, she spoke with the LA Times and said, I'm happy for Ray to go out and speak his truth. I wasn't there with the guys when they shot with Joss Whedon. I had my own experience with him, which wasn't the best one, but I took care of it there and when it happened. I took it to the higher-ups and they took care of it. But I'm happy for Ray to go up and say his truth. So it definitely seems like um, maybe Ray wasn't the only one who had a bad experience, but he's he just waited until later to say something about it, I guess. 
No, I see now. Here's where I kind of this kind of I think says a lot. Okay. I don't think he was late to say anything. He probably said something around this, you know, whenever it happened, as well along with everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of when I read this, it makes me feel like I wonder if it's more about like uh, scratching the backs of the the actors that they feel are more valuable. Right. Yeah. Not to say that they didn't think Ray Fisher was valuable, but like. Gal Gadot was obviously a big deal mm-hmm. after Wonder Woman yeah. releasing, and she kind of became the the head importance of the DCEU, right? Yeah. So I don't think it's that surprising that, that she was taken care of mm-hmm. over whatever her concerns or disputes were. That's true. But for all we know, maybe they weren't as big as what happened with Ray Fisher or other people. Right. It could have been different issues entirely, but for some reason, probably because she was a bigger name and she had a little more clout at the time to be able to say, hey, we got to fix this right now. But it does also highlight that it does sound like maybe Joss Whedon was more of the problem. Yeah, that's true. And I know I was kind of like, well, I don't really get what the point of the investigation is because it feels like he was just a douchebag on set, Mm -hmm. which is not to say that's acceptable, but like... So just don't hire the guy again. Yeah. What else is there to yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It does feel like maybe there is more to it that needed to be uncovered. I mm-hmm. don't know. I It just... The thing is, though, like, these are the kind of things that are kind of like HR discussions. They aren't necessarily something that needs to be public. I guess that's kind of what my men- men- my mentality was, is that's a perfect way of explaining it. It's like, this is an HR yeah. thing. So I guess putting it out in public, it felt weird to see that it was like, Oh, on Twitter every fucking day was yeah. something about what's going on. Yeah. Um, even this, on the topic of the investigation, mm-hmm. Ray Fisher actually just recently tweeted out the update on that whole investigation. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Warner Media announced that the investigation into the toxic work environment during the Justice League reshoots has been completed. So that's completely over with as far as the investigation side of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, he tweeted out... About the topic, uh, saying the following was relayed to me on behalf of at Warner Media at 5 p.m. Eastern today. I guess that's his way of being professional with the timestamps and all that stuff. Right. The investigation of Justice League is now complete. It has led to remedial action. Some we've seen and some that is still to come. So uh, I guess we should expect some shocking news at some point that Probably. maybe Joss Whedon is going to be released some. From some other project he may be working on. Yeah. I believe he was doing an HBO show, wasn't he? He was like a part of and he, he walked away saying it was due to pandemic limitations. Creative pandemic differences. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. I'm not sure I can't was, remember though. what the show was, but I do believe there was something he was working on that he did leave unofficially. Yeah. This is very upsetting to me to find out that this is real, that he really was apparently a douchebag, because, like, I think he's hilarious, and I think his... I, I've enjoyed well, movies. Yeah, Firefly's a very beloved show. Yeah. He was known for that. And so it's Buffy. upsetting. It's very upsetting um, to me to find out he was a douche. Avengers. Yeah. Which then <laughs> makes me wonder... Yes. Was there shit on Disney's end with the event? Well, I guess it wasn't Disney at the time, was it? Marvel, what Marvel, yeah. Uh, was there was there a shitty environment during the filming of the Avengers? Yeah. Or Avengers Two? Like, yeah. I'm curious what those experiences were now. Yeah. 
Um, but we're not going to hear about yeah, those because yeah. Marvel's going to be able to keep that Deal shit with that quiet, under, under I'm sure. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're probably better at that, trying to be a family-friendly and all that stuff. Yeah. And... Part of me wonders, too, if, if this is related to just the people that were that he was working with. Because, like, you can notice that in any workplace. Like, some people get along better than others. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it was just the group. He didn't work well with that group. And maybe other groups he had, he was fine with. Maybe it was That's some true. kind of weird personnel. Because there was, like, this guy that worked at the health department with us. Like, me and Sarah and myself. Mm-hmm. And, like, we thought he was fucking hilarious. Like, he said really rude, inappropriate things. But, like, we didn't take him seriously. So it wasn't yeah. a big deal. But then, like, later, it turned out he got fired because he yeah, was yeah. making a hostile work environment for people. And we were just like, what? He was funny. So and it was it could, weird. It could also be, like, a thing, too. Like, Ray Fisher is a newer actor, right? He, he yeah. wasn't in as much things, right? He yeah. wasn't as experienced and as much of a veteran. Yeah. So... Not to say whatever his complaints were were invalid or anything like that, yeah. but like maybe for him having that kind of experience was like a huge red flag. But other people who have been around are like, oh well, like the saying goes, boys will be boys. <laughs> yeah, you know? like, exactly. Maybe it was that kind of like old school mentality of mm-hmm. like, well, that's just kind of how some directors work. That's or, just how you talk to each other or yeah, whatever. But it's like, like a different attitude. The, yeah, the old culture that may be inappropriate. Yeah. Is still there and justified yeah. within how long it's existed. Yeah, yeah. So part of me wonders if that's what this was related to. And of course, everybody has their own right to feel comfortable in their workplace. So I'm not trying to diminish anybody's complaints. But I do have to wonder if, because if this was as, as big of a problem as this seems like it was, then he perhaps wouldn't have as had as many jobs as he had. So I don't know. I'm just... Maybe it's just a the culture where people are more open to stepping up and talk and pointing out when somebody's being a dick bag now. I don't know, but yeah. Well, I mean, if it really was a big deal, then yeah, it's I, then it needs to be called out. Whether it seems like gossip, yeah, that, or dirty laundry being aired on yes on social media, it is good in the end that it does come out and yeah. and gets at least highlighted, yeah, so that the future is better yes even if there's no resolution to what happened with this yeah but according to him uh he got a letter from warner media saying that they appreciate you having the courage to come forward and assist the company with creating an inclusive and equitable work environment for its employees and partners very standardized yep they covered their bases pr professional response right yes um and he said, there are still conversations that need to be had and resolutions that need to be found. Thank you all for your support and encouragement on this journey. We are on our way more soon. A is greater than E. So clearly Ray Fisher is making a stance against A and E. That <laughs> one has to be chosen. You can't have both. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got beef with the channel. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't wait to see what happens with that. Yeah. No, but all seriousness, uh, like I'm, I'm glad it, it came to light. If, if it really did need to be improved, mm-hmm. but I mean, we're on the topic of Justice League, and there, I mean, there was a lot of stuff about Justice League, yeah, in general, like it, or just Wonder Woman. DC's really been running the, the rounds with the, the holiday season. Yeah, Zack Snyder had some updates. Uh, he responded to a fan on uh, one of his websites that he's interacting with people and, and giving. Q and A's on the film and all that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and he quoted saying, 
I understand and of course respect your feelings and I, and I just hope I can wipe that version out of existence with what you see in March. What? Mm. March, huh? Did we get an unofficial release date? It sounds like it or might g- have. Would it be an official? If the director's saying it, it yeah. I guess that's official. Yeah. But I guess if it's not an official statement, it doesn't. Yeah, it's count. not official. But WB didn't post it. Yeah, so, so that's um, good to know. So March, we are yeah. potentially getting the Snyder Cut on HBO Max. Along with that, Zack Snyder is confident that it's going to be an R-rated film. That's good news. So talking to Entertainment Weekly, uh, he said, "Here's one piece of information nobody knows." The movie is insane and so epic and is probably rated R. That's one thing I think will happen, that it will be an R-rated version for sure. Okay. We haven't heard from the MPAA, but that's my gut. Okay. I mean, I'm down for that. Yeah. Uh, He went on to say, there's one scene where Batman drops an F-bomb. Cyborg is not too happy with what's going on with his life before he meets the Justice League. And he tends to speak his mind. Steppenwolf is pretty much just hacking people in half. Okay. (laughs) Makes sense. So the rating would be due to violence and profanity. Probably both. Okay. No nudity though. (laughs) I'm I'm just going to go leave my review now. (laughs) One star. Trash. (laughs) Batman's just wearing his mask. His mask and cape. He's just wearing his cowl and boots. Nothing else. Pass. Uh, That's okay. Where is she? (laughs) I got a package for her. (laughs) It's not that kind of package, you sick fuck. It's Christmas. (laughs) Zack Snyder is also taking steps toward getting the film released both theatrically and on the service. So, I mean, that would make sense. I yeah. don't think he has to put much effort into it. Yeah. I'm sure HBO, okay uh, I'm sure Warner Brothers is like, more chance to make money. Twist my arm. <laughs> we, we're doing pretty good on losing a bunch, so. Yeah, let's Yes, do it. sure, please. Please yeah. put it out <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Yeah. For anybody who was a big fan of the old dinosaur show on ABC, <laughs> uh, the show is coming to Disney Plus in January. January 29th, 2021 to be exact. Oh, yeah? So it's no longer extinct. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So this is just the original show. They haven't talked about whether uh, they're remaking or anything. But it's Disney. They probably will, yeah. I'm sure they have intent to see how it does. Yeah. And then make a new series. Right. I liked this show, but I feel like I'm wondering how it'll hold up with time because it's been a while since I've watched it. So That's a good point. Yeah. Um, but I think it will do pretty well. I, I think, because, yeah. I mean, it's not CGI, right? It's all yeah, practical. that's true. I think it'll look a lot better than we or than we think it will. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Same. You know who probably isn't that excited for this comeback? Who? Not the mamas, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. And uh, for our last topic of discussion for the news section, I'm sure you've all heard about this. There's been leaked audio of Tom Cruise yelling at the film crew during filming of the new Mission Impossible film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is via Deadline. Yeah, I heard about this. It seemed like somebody re- 
recorded an outburst where he was kind of going off on the cast or the crew um, because they were breaking social distancing protocols. Um, there's like very stringent requirements for them having resumed uh, production after it was shut down again recently. Yeah, um, for a few days at least, I yeah. think. And so they had all these really strict rules and all this stuff. And so I guess somebody or some buddies broke the rules and he went a little fucking uh, aggro on them. But um, so I think a lot of people are upset with him. Because it seems like a very um, strong outburst. Yeah. If you listen I, to I'm it, I'm seeing a lot of people compare it to when um, when Christian Bale went off on a, like a light guy mm, during something. filming whatever fucking movie he was on. Uh huh. Oh. His. Well, yeah. I mean, I can I can see why people might think that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite the same. It's a little bit different. Um, he did reference in his tirade uh, several things that are kind of important to keep in mind whenever you see whenever people before people decide to um vilify or turn him into a villain you have to consider that uh he's he owns one of the production companies that's in charge for in charge of these this film and other films so he's kind of footing the bill for like at least part of the bill for this and he's part of the reason or his company is part of the reason that production has been able to maintain um and be active and keep jobs for example when a lot of the entertainment industry is kind of shut down so yeah i mean he quoted in the in his thing saying we are creating thousands of jobs yeah um he followed with you motherfuckers (laughs) yeah but maybe that wasn't necessary (laughs) but (laughs) motherfuckers (laughs) um (laughs) and he brings up a good point he says do you understand the responsibility that you have Everyone has a responsibility whenever you're doing something during a pandemic to try to maintain safety protocols, whether you agree with them or not. If you sign the paper saying I'm working for you and this is what I'm this is what I'm going to mm-hmm. do and what I'm not going to do and you choose not to do that, um, that's kind of on you. Yeah, I mean, this so. is like honestly, it's no different than if you just have a job working at a business and yeah. you do something wrong. Yeah. Not the right way. Yeah. The company loses money because of something that you fucked up. Yeah. And they go, okay, sorry. Yeah. We're going to have to let you go. Yeah. Then you can't be mad about it. I mean, you can be mad, but you yeah. can't fight it because if you did it wrong, then yeah. that's on you. So here's the thing. I, I think the way he went about this, of course, is completely unprofessional. It's... Yes. This is... When I read this whole article, this was my exact thought. This feels very on brand mm-hmm. for Tom Cruise. Yeah, it does. But I understand where he's coming from. Yes. It it's a I agree. It's it's a Tom Cruise reaction to a, an accurate situation. Like he did the wrong thing for the right reason. Mm. He went a little bit of overboard in his uh up being upset and yelling at people, right? Mm. But it's absolutely justified to say you have to follow the rules and if you don't follow the rules, you're fucking out. You know? Especially when people are losing their jobs and not being able to pay their bills. And this is one of the studios that's actively still doing production. And that the reason is because they agreed to follow these rules. Yeah. I mean, one of his exact quotes was, that's what I think of Universal and Paramount, Warner Brothers. Movies are going because of us. If we shut down, it's going to cost people fucking jobs. Their home, their family. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. All the way down the line. And I care about you guys. But if you're not going to help me, you're gone. Okay? So I, <laughs> yeah, 
I fucking get it. He's literally like, help me it. help you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he also, I, I don't know if we have the quote here, but like he was basically, he was saying too that he is dealing with all of these companies mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Because I think they're yeah. international right now. Yeah, they're, they're, they are. They're in Leavesden or London or whatever. Yeah. So he does have the stress and like the responsibility all on his shoulders mm-hmm. of keeping shit afloat. Mm-hmm. N- Making sure the budget's working. I mean, whether intentional or not, one person fucking something up can delay, even if it's a few days. That mm-hmm. costs the company a lot of money, yes. whether it's his pocket or the studio's pocket. Yeah. It can affect people's jobs. Yeah. You know, what if they decide, uh, we need to just pull the plug now because we're we're, we're losing too, too much on too many inconsistencies and, and whatever protocol uh issues right yeah you know like they might just decide like we, we have to pull the plug at this point yeah which would be terrible and so there's not a lot of fucking movies currently being filmed mm-hmm. and he's been around forever right yeah since the 80s at yeah. least yeah he's so he's not new at this yeah <laughs> and, and i'm sure he's really heavy into the hollywood life and mm-hmm. like he really cares about the industry because like yeah. that's that's what he lives. His life. That's yeah. he breathes, right? Mm-hmm. So again, the way he went about it is probably terrible. Yes. But looking at what he's trying to do, it makes sense and yeah. it's understandable the emotion he has behind what he's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. You can see why he has the powerful attachment to getting these protocols followed <laughs> yeah well and he probably really cares that hollywood doesn't like just disappear right yeah. Like it, yeah it's like we don't want to see theaters leave yeah but i mean we have no say in that no but like, yeah but anything you, you know can do. It, something that, that that matters to you it's sad it's hard to, to see that the idea that that doesn't exist at some point mm-hmm. you know and if you think you have the ability to save it mm-hmm. you're gonna fucking try right exactly yeah so and i know there there's you know, all the Scientology comments and yes. and well what about his fucking crazy shit with Katie Holmes? Yeah. Um, like Sherlock's sister. Um <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, yes, Tom Cruise might be batshit crazy. Nobody's arguing that he's not. However, in this case he is correct. So we need like listen, you know? Listen to your boss. That's as simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica's just coming and laying down laws here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they can um, carry on and people can follow the rules. And... Yeah. I almost didn't want to even talk about this because the, the source, the initial resource of this was The Sun, oh. which is tied to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard mm-hmm. fiasco. Yeah. And so I didn't really want to give them support. Yeah. But I felt like it was like worth talking about ish. Yeah. It's kind of important. Unfortunately, the son seems primarily interested in. They seem like they're just straight gossip. Spreading. Like, gossip. I'm kind of curious if their whole intent was to see if this could turn him into a shitty person. Cancel him. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Cancel yeah. him. Which, uh, let's be honest though, too. The fact that there's an audio recording of this uh-huh. means that somebody on that crew was recording was it. recording it in hopes to either put him in a shitty light mm-hmm. or to probably make some money off of selling it to yeah. a respectable source like the sun yeah it's also possible that it's probably unlikely that this is the reason but it's possible that somebody was there and was like somebody's gonna lie about this 
I better record this so that everybody knows what he's actually saying. Okay, that's a good point. I doubt that's what happened, but I could see that being a reason too. Like if it was somebody on Tom Cruise's team. Yeah, that's a good point. Just so you can prove that he didn't say something else. I guess at the very least, yeah. Documented what was said. Yes. For any... So you can't twist it to be something different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they can still try, but... <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it for our news this week. Let's get into what we watched. Here's how our rating system works. If we hated something, we'll burn it. If it was disappointing but not the worst, we're going to sample it. If it was just okay or we're neutral, we're going to test it. And if it was pretty good, we're going to slice it. If we absolutely love the shit out of it, we're going to dissect it. And if all of us dissect it, we're We're DTF. DTF. Nice. That's probably one of the best ones we've ever done. I think so. (laughs) All right. First up, um, I watched and finished season four of Big Mouth. This was released on Netflix on December 4th. And I binged the shit out of it. Um, It's pretty much more of the same. It's an animated show about kids going through puberty. Um, but this season centers around their experiences over summer and then they are growing up. So they're going into eighth grade. Um, so they're a little bit older now. A couple of notable things about it. Um, we talked about this a while back. Jenny Slate stepped down from voicing Missy, who was one of the main characters, but she was still in episodes one through eight because she had already, um, she made the decision after season four was already done filming, um, or already filmed. But, um, so the new voice of Missy is Ayo Edebiri who was a writer on the show, and she also worked on Sunnyside and starred in Cicada. Cicada recently came out, I think, this year. The decision regarding that was Missy is a character who's half black, half Jewish, and uh, they decided there is... I'm just going to say, without spoiling it, there's a plot point that might... It would make it reasonable that Jenny Slate would feel it's necessary to transfer the responsibility of voicing the character to someone who is African-American. It makes sense after watching it. Uh, some other new characters were voiced by a lot of pretty big cameos. We had Seth Rogen, John Oliver, Zach Galifianakis, Paul Giamatti even showed up, um, uh, Kinta Brunson, Lena Waithe, and Anna Conkle and Maya Erskine. Those last two are from Pen15, so if anybody liked that show. It's pronounced penis. <laughs> um yeah (laughs) so they they showed up in this show as well um i will obviously keep watching it whenever the next season comes out i really enjoy the show i think it's hilarious so i'm dissecting it yeah i caught a couple of the episodes near the end of the season so obviously i had no clue what was happening yeah um but there was some intense shit going on in this show yeah a guy like got his intestines like pulled out into a fucking jet engine (laughs) there was a lot more um like Maybe some more graphic things happened in this. So than... that's not like the norm? No, it's not. Okay. I feel like the things that you walked in on, I was like, this isn't normally how it is. <laughs> like every season that happens to him, yeah. he's like, not again. <laughs> yeah. So I like, I guess I should have mentioned it kind of uh, got a little bit more adult because mm-hmm. they're growing up. So of course it's growing up with them, theoretically. Oh, so they are aging in the show yes as well. they're aging so they're doing something different than most animated shows do like bob's burgers and the simpsons so They've... they're not just always gonna be in puberty no so... they well, they're gonna go through puberty i think and at that point maybe the show so they are over. visually progressing through yes. puberty in the show yes. it's not just it's not an just indisclosed time frame of they are just in puberty correct right now. they are actively changing Okay. That's their, like, the theme song is, like, I'm going through changes or whatever is the the lyric. So they actually 
they actively have the animations and the the drawings of the characters are changing. Mm. So you can see differences in the characters um, from season to season. Would you say it's gotten better or worse as far as comparing to other seasons? Um, I feel like they were adding a lot of characters because like every... it was like a character had pillows that he talked to. Oh, those were those were in the previous seasons too. I know, but I just feel like uh, in my head the show was just like a couple friends and like a hormone monster, and like <laughs> literally everybody and their mother has some kind of magical being um, that they talk to. A and, lot's changed, and since I can't understand whether they all can see everybody or only the one can see who they're associated with. Or it's just, it's very uh, complicated. I feel like yeah, uh, which makes sense with all these new voice actors being yes. added to it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of things have changed since season one, which might be the last time that you saw, because I think I binged two and three before you uh, had a chance to, like, catch me watching them or whatever, mm-hmm. so you might not have seen anything. So gotcha. it's definitely something that you wouldn't... It would be hard to understand if you hadn't built up to this point with the... Because getting a few character, a few new characters at a time is a little more palatable than, like, 45 new characters all at once. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's definitely improving and it's exploring new areas of puberty mm-hmm. it's touching unknown territories yes indeed. if you will yeah absolutely all right well then maybe i'll give it a, a second try yeah it's one of those shows that's really easy to just throw on in the background and you can still enjoy it without having to see the entire thing gotcha like i would put it on while i was doing something on my computer like checking emails or whatever and you could still get you're still watching the show gotcha yeah Okay, next up, we both watched The Flight Attendant. This is a new series on HBO Max. This dropped on November 26th, and it's a thriller, comedy, drama, mystery, miniseries type situation. Um, It's based on a 2018 novel of the same name by Chris Bajalian, and it's basically the the general plot is a flight attendant gets caught up in a murder investigation and makes a lot of bad decisions. Um, The star is Kaylee Cuoco. She's the main character, Cassie Bowden. And she's from Big Bang Theory, who was like the the sexy neighbor or yes, whatever, right? Correct. Yes, that is her. Um, and this has eight episodes, and we watched all of them. It was it was quite a ride. I feel like the the storyline. I I just it didn't go how I I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect it to be as prolonged of the interaction. I guess I didn't expect it to focus so much on her mental conversations with herself. I feel like it took multiple different concepts of a show and it tried to mush them together yes and it for me it didn't quite work that well i think they kind of forced some of these like revelations in her head yeah that were from her childhood that like just had no relevance to the situation but yeah we're supposed to believe that it's all tied together by the end and yeah. it just didn't feel like it really worked for me yeah um but that said i did kind of enjoy the idea of what they did with the representation of her having conversations in her head yeah um but i feel like it was like just it should have been its own show like yeah. her dealing with her baggage yeah like i felt like was just like not really something that needed to be a part of this show yeah she had obviously had like a lot of things going on in her life or in her head i don't know there's there's a, a lot of aspects to her problems yeah the problem with the character was like i feel like they want you to sympathize with her and Mm -hmm. like feel bad for her and like care about her yeah and where she ends up by the end of the show but like it was hard for me too because i feel like all she did was make terrible decisions yes and like she was just kind of like her own problem yeah and that was like the part that made it hard to really accept the character yeah i had a lot of 
problems with the character because I was like, why are you doing that? That's fucking stupid. Yeah. That's a stupid idea. You're an idiot. <laughs> I think the first half of the show was a lot stronger than the second half. Yeah. The second half, at least the last two episodes, it felt like they were just like, okay, let's get a conclusion. Yeah. It got and really like, here's the roots of my problems, emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, that wasn't the part of the show that I enjoyed. I liked the original plot of her being a flight attendant who got caught up in a murder investigation. I don't really know why, want to know why she has the problems she does. Just. It just didn't feel like it was relevant. Yeah. Other than to like give her more drama. Yeah. While she's dealing with this murder investigation that she's a part of now. Yeah. Yeah. It was really weird. But yeah, the, the investigation part and the things that were uncovered throughout that whole thing about the situation were intriguing and interesting and I felt like we didn't get enough of that. We got more focus on her background and her baggage than we got on the actual case. It Well, it just felt like everything was like tied up in a nice bow way too easy, mm-hmm. way too conveniently. There was no like real fear of like, oh, she's gonna be in trouble or mm-hmm. she's at risk of something. It, yeah, I feel like maybe it didn't get resolved in a way that I felt like the resolution wasn't what I would have wanted. And apparently this was uh, renewed for a second season, yep. which I don't really understand how that's a thing. Yeah, I, I feel like... The, I, the story is pretty much over. I feel like it's going to shift into its own thing. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what they're doing now is related to the book. Yeah. It's got to be like they're just taking the title and now going with their own thing. Yeah. I have a feeling it's related to the like brief discussion at the end, mm-hmm. which I don't want to say because it yeah. might be a spoiler, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be some kind of thing like that. And I mean, I'll check it out, but I'm expecting it to be kind of It weird. feels like it's going to be a completely different tone. Although to be fair. type of show, the, genre even. The baggage that she comes with may be easier to not focus on the following season. Yeah. So, I enjoy the show more. Exactly. So that is a little bit promising considering yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what did you rate it? What was what, your final um, take on this show? I'm going to slice it. I didn't quite dissect it because I had too many problems with her baggage. <laughs> I found myself being judgmental and like hating that she was being so fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't fully dissect it. So no. I gotta... I, I, I'd probably have to say I'm testing it. Okay. It, it. I enjoyed it enough to watch the full thing, but like I do feel like it didn't know what it wanted to be. And that was my problem with yeah. it. Yeah. Was the parts that I enjoyed, I really did enjoy. Mm-hmm. But then there was parts where I was just like, this doesn't like this doesn't need to be here. Yeah. Focus on these other characters. Give them more of a reason to be on the show rather than just like throw them in for her to have these stupid conversations that yeah. go nowhere. Yeah. True. Okay. We also watched something super special. <laughs> Uh, Recipe for Seduction, (laughs) which uh, is described as a lifetime original mini movie, and it was 15 minutes long, and it is... It was 16 minutes. It was 16? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this source is a jerk jerk then for being, for lying. Um, It was released on the 13th of December, and it's about a wealthy heiress who has to choose between a rich suitor and a young Harlan Sanders. You may know him as Colonel Sanders. (laughs) Colonel Sanders is played by Mario Lopez. Okay, so that was weird. Here's my thing with this. (laughs) I know this is obviously based off like a Lifetime movie. Yes. Idea. Because it was Lifetime and KFC that put this together. Yes. What I don't understand is if this was 
literally what a Lifetime movie is mm-hmm. or if this was taking that concept of a Lifetime movie and just over the top exaggerating what that is because it felt like there's no way this is a real movie that somebody made thinking this was good. Um, so... And I- when I say good, <laughs> I mean so bad it's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I can't really tell 100% either because I don't really watch Lifetime movies, but from what I know of Lifetime movies, this feels like it was legitimately a Lifetime movie if you scrunched it into 15 minutes or 16 minutes. Oh, it was definitely on fast forward. Yeah, yeah. Because even then it was like, how, what is going on? There's no way this would have happened already. But uh, I feel like... They had like one conversation and she's like, I'm in love with the guy. Mm -hmm. I'm so torn now. I love him. What? Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> you don't even know if he's got a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Um, interestingly, this is actually KFC's third attempt at a romantic Colonel Sanders. What? <laughs> yes. Just thought I'd let you know on that. So they had to tweak the recipe a couple times. They did. Yeah. It's obviously... <laughs> it's not quite there yet. Let's just say that. Um, the first one was... I Love You, Colonel Sanders, which is a video game, and it's essentially a talking simulator that allows you to woo Colonel Sanders with different dialogue choices. Okay, I'll have to look for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, then there was also Tender Wings of Desire, a novella published wow. published for Mother's Day, even better, in 2017. And the plot was like an affair between a woman and Harlan Sanders, obviously. So... <laughs> Such a weird, like, why though? So they're covering all media aspects. They sure huh? are, yeah. So should we expect like a virtual reality situation next, like like a Pornhub? We're gonna see like a Pornhub experience. I hope not. <laughs> so yeah, that was super weird. I'm gonna say I would sample it. Are we rating it? I don't really know if yeah, it qualifies of course we're to be rated. It. We okay. watched it. Okay. It was intended to be. Reviewed. I'm gonna say I would sample it. <laughs> Because it was so ridiculous, it was like I don't, I didn't feel like regretting having watched it. But <laughs> like I said, it was so bad, it was good. Yeah, in my mind. Right, right. Absolutely, and that's the thing is, I don't know if they were trying to be that bad. Yeah, that it was good, or if it was just like they legitimately think people enjoy this kind of like drama. Right. And like mindset of I just had one conversation, we're in love. Yeah. I'm gonna throw my whole other relationship away. Yeah. It's and then, like, of course, it escalates from there among these characters. It's like teenage girl logic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you broke up in third period and yeah. by seventh. You have a new boyfriend. You have a new boyfriend. <laughs> Who you're engaged to. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically how this went Pretty down. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but it was fun, right? I, yeah. It, it was it so was bad, ridiculous. but it was like, it was enjoyable. And knowing yeah. that it was only 16 minutes, like you can't be that mad that you right. watched it. True, true. And I'm going to be honest. I think he was, I think Mario Lopez was like born for this role. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I hated him in that role. I thought it was awful. It looked so weird. It looked so weird. Uh, I, I'm, I would have to dissect it. I, I'm... <laughs> Can't be serious. You're gonna dissect it. I'm dissecting this okay, shit. All right. I, I think it was so fucking ridiculous that I loved it. Okay, all right. <laughs> Learning new things about you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch a two-hour fucking Lifetime movie about this. Yeah. But. Okay. You know. Yeah. Got it. Good to know. <laughs> I guess they seduced me. They sure they did. They knew the recipe and they got they me. They knew the recipe. That's true. <laughs> all right. Uh, the real movie that we watched. <laughs> oh, does that not count? I mean, it's a mini movie. 
uh, was called Fat Man. We talked about this coming out at some point earlier. It came to digital on demand on November 24th, and we ended up renting it, I think. Um, I guess it's kind of a bummer because, like, we made the decision to rent it, but afterwards maybe we realized it would have been okay to purchase it because we would watch it again probably. Oh, yeah. I could yeah. see this being, like, a Christmas movie. Yeah, Like, definitely. every fucking year. Yeah. So, the plot line of this is an unorthodox Santa Claus is trying to save his declining business. Meanwhile, this, like, shitty kid receives coal for Christmas and hires a hitman to kill Santa. Which is such a ridiculous concept <laughs> in general. And it was very interesting. Uh, Mel Gibson plays Chris. Um, they don't mention his last name, but it's pretty much implied to be Kringle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Marianne Jean- Jean-Baptiste is Ruth Kringle. And Walton Goggins is Skinny Man, which is apparently the name they gave that guy, who is the hitman. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a familiar face. And so I think these were all really interesting casting choices. They, they did a really good job with this. Um, and then the little kid, Billy, was played by Chance Hurstman. So Who was who, essentially the one who... Yeah. Put the hit on. Yeah, he was just like this little <laughs> shitty kid who was like garbage and decided that he was mad about getting cold yeah. for Christmas, even though he was bad. And so when he got cold for Christmas, he then was like, well, I'm going to get Santa killed. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it makes sense based off like the way they, they, you know, they give the whole backstory. Oh, his yeah. parents are never around. He's yeah. Basically. He like, lived living, with his grandma. Yeah. And he's. Yeah, doing shitty kids. He's stuff. a terrible kid that yes. has no guidance, essentially, He's right? Garbage, yes, true. Um, so here what was weird. This is what was weird to me about this film. I feel like they gave a very grounded take on Santa Claus. Yes. In this world where he exists and like the government talks to him and does like contracts with yeah, him. Yeah, he's like got a contract to like give presents to to the kids and stuff for yeah. Christmas every year. Yeah. In the U.S. specifically and all that. Uh huh. But then. At the same time, there's moments where, like, people act like there is no such thing as Santa Claus and, like, they're confused that somebody would say Mm -hmm. something about him existing and stuff. And it just felt like it was very inconsistent when it came to those kind of moments. Yeah. I felt like it was... I get what you're saying, but I felt like it was supposed to be kind of like he was this um, supernatural or, like, secret agency that the government was making contracts with kind of like in like along the whole area 51 situation like people hypothesize okay, that there's so things happening people didn't know he existed but the government did yes yeah okay people think that things are always happening in the background and like we don't know about them so yeah. i kind of felt that it was going to be one of those situations yeah and then i liked how they kind of tied into the whole they kind of give like a like a, a message about how society's kind of on the downward slope with yeah. this movie i yeah. thought it was a really clever way of doing that definitely where you're seeing more shitty kids in the world and less yeah. people being guided into being better. And yep. so more kids are getting coal, which then is making more crime yep. and disgruntled people in the world. Yeah. And I thought it was really clever how they kind of tie that together in a modern day situation. Yeah. And then also the fact that people like kids being shitty and not like having incentive to be good is causing Santa to lose his business. <laughs> it's like such an awkward, like it's, it's such a catch 22. Yeah. It's this whole cycle. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. I just thought this overall, the writing was really clever on this film. Yeah. The, they'd always make references to, like, things. Like, he, he'd grab his book and Mrs. Claus was like, did you check it twice? <laughs> yeah. Or did you check yeah. it again? Yeah. He's like, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and then there were some, like, it was pretty grounded, but there were some, like, supernaturally based things going on. Like, his strength and, you know, that fun, the little thing where he, like, the two military guys, like, struggling to lift something. Yeah. He comes along, he's like, hold on, I'll just grab this for you. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so that was Which, again, cool. is like, well, but they know he's Santa Claus. They know he exists. And then they're shocked that he, like, has these magical abilities well, but these to, like, are, lift things that are heavy. Yeah, but these are, like, grunts, so maybe they don't know the situation. It's probably above their clearance, and they're I mean, just they're there. they're at the North Pole. Yeah, but they don't know that. They know they're... Oh, I, do they not know it's that not, they just flew north to... It's not called the North the Pole. Arctic fucking... Well, it's not called the North Pole. They're in, like, somewhere in Canada <laughs> or whatever, remember? Or, okay, like, whatever. north of Canada. Anyway, I, they could just have been, like, yeah, he's a thing, yeah. but maybe they don't know that he has powers in mm-hmm. some way. They thought okay. it was some kind of ruse, but I thought that was a fun little thing they did. Yeah. And I was, I, honestly, I was not expecting to see elves. We saw some I elves. I wasn't either, yeah. Uh, I wish we saw some reindeers in action, but they were just yeah. kind of referenced rather than, well, they had a scene with them in, like, their stable, but. Yeah. Um, but there was no, there really was very, you almost, you didn't see anything about the actual night where Santa's doing his job. That was, like, breezed over. It and, was like, completely glossed over. Like, Like, okay, it's, it's over now. All right, yeah. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> was really weird yeah this was a very very fun gritty take on mm-hmm. santa claus in a modern setting yeah I, I really did enjoy it um i think walton goggins played the perfect assassin absolutely like, it was clear that he had some childhood baggage which they yeah. kind of played on and and it tied into the overall story arc of what was going on in this this film yeah so i really enjoyed that the one thing i didn't really quite understand is how this motherfucking kid, Billy, mm-hmm. got coal mm-hmm. for Christmas, right? Yeah. And that's what spawned the whole Hitman yeah. situation. Yeah. How the fuck is this the first that he's getting coal? Yeah. Ah. That he's like, I don't understand. Why did I get coal? Yeah. He's clearly a shitty person overall. Yeah. Based off some of the things he does Absolutely. in this film. Yeah. He does some very shocking things. Mm-hmm. You know, he calls the hitman like like just on anything. Oh, stub yeah. my toe, call hitman. You just have to destroy this table yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, is his pretty mindset. much yeah. Everything's disposable if yeah. it's inconvenient for him. Yeah. And so I just thought that was a little unbelievable, but like it's like obviously a nitpicky thing that doesn't yeah. ma- matter. The yeah. idea is like he threw a tantrum over getting coal, and now and now it's a man now it's a fucking dark comedy action yeah. film. Yes. Yeah. I the only thing. I didn't like about this. I felt like the ending... I wanted more from the ending. I wanted more... Like, you want to know why it ended the way it did? No, I wanted more of the confrontation at the end. Okay. Yeah. So the co- the conclusion was just too quick. Yeah, it wasn't... It was not as it was not as dramatic as I wanted it to be. I mm. wanted there to be more, like, consequences. Do you think this could be something that they continue with a sequel? Or do you think this is kind of like a one-off and it's over? I mean, it's probably a one-off, but they could do, like, shitty kids. Like, any number of shitty kids doing stuff and, like... Well, that would be repetitive. Yeah, that's They'd true. They'd have to have something new and... Hmm, yeah. I feel like it's probably better as a one-off. Because I don't know how they could make it be a set up for a sequel. I don't know what the sequel could do that would make it, unless it was something that was kind of more of a spinoff on the elves or whatever, like focused more on the actual Christmas part. Yeah, okay, that's probably what I would think then. Yeah, which would be interesting. I would probably check it out to see if they could yeah. find a way to explain that in a grounded way like they did everything else. <laughs> they, they do like a, like a the hunt type thing, but yeah. like like some group is like, oh, we're gonna hunt down Santa Claus tonight. Yeah. yeah. 
they find out he exists and yeah. then like the whole movie is him like trying yeah. to deliver gifts and dealing mm-hmm. with these fucking people trying to chase him down and yeah that could work what are you rating this oh i easily dissect it yeah um i agree i kind of wish there was more of it too like you said it kind of felt like it, it ended very quickly and left some things kind of like up to your imagination as to like why shit happened the way it did but yeah. like I guess that's just playing all the whole magic of Santa Claus. Right, yeah. There's so, this unspoken magic. It's just, gotta just take it as it is. Yeah. Um, I'm also gonna dissect it, so it looks like we're DTF. Yep. <laughs> just in time. <laughs> all right. DTF for the holidays. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, uh, that is it for what we watched this week. If you guys are enjoying the show, don't forget to check out our Facebook group called Dissecting This Fiction Podcast, where we can interact all week long. You can also follow us on Twitter at DTFPod. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe, rate our podcast, or even leave us a review on your favorite podcast service. We would really appreciate any reviews, especially if you could head over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. um, Leave us a rating just because we need to get noticed. We like to get more people listening. Um, We're attention whores. Yep. (laughs) It's all we want for Christmas is reviews. (laughs) Um, Listen to our hit single by Mariah Carey. (laughs) All I want for Christmas is you to leave a review. <laughs> yeah. Um, we would even appreciate direct feedback. If you don't want to leave a review, you can send us an email. Um, or you can also send us content requests and suggestions to our email at dtfpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on our website at dtfcast.com. But for now, let's get into our gaming news. Our goal is to have more reviews than Cyberpunk 2077 has had on social media <laughs> from everybody and everywhere. Yeah, so you guys don't have to get started because that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. All right, jumping into our releases. Xbox actually came out on December 15th. Gears of War 5 has a new expansion called Hive Buster. Okay. Uh, there's a story campaign aspect and also, I think, some online stuff. And they also have a Christmas whatever event, event right now. Gotcha. Um, but most importantly, there are next-gen improvements on the game. And it's being called one of the best examples of next-gen graphics really? out there right now. So I am currently downloading that, and I'm going to play that. And hopefully I have some opinions, you know, in the next couple weeks. You opinions? <laughs> I try. <laughs> if I don't have them, I make them up, you know? <laughs> uh, as far as the Switch goes, the Super NES Online market that they have with their subscription uh is bringing donkey kong country 3 the ignition factor super valis 4 and tough enough all to the nintendo switch with their online service okay of course all included this is like their game pass but a smaller scale for retro games okay obviously the biggest title for me is donkey kong country 3 gotcha I grew up with those games, and I fucking love them. Mm -hmm. So just so I'm clear, is this the Nintendo Online membership that we're talking about? Or is this... Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Okay. Exactly what that is. Okay, I just want to make sure there wasn't something else I wasn't sure about. Nintendo's like, oh, and one more (laughs) thing you have to pay for. Yeah. Because we want your money. Okay. (laughs) No, this... I feel like Switch is, like, very quiet when it comes to, like, their online side. It, Mm -hmm. It feels like... They have it, and they got these games included with it, but, mm-hmm. like, it's not really... I don't feel like it's talked about, like, Xbox and and PlayStation are. Yeah. As far as 
the games that are included because they're obviously they're older retro games mm-hmm. or like just smaller tier games. Right. They're obviously not giving out Mario Odyssey or, or right. anything like that. Right. Anyways, for those who like the on the go gaming, especially mm-hmm. with the holiday times, traveling, yeah, absolutely. Assuming people are doing that. Yeah. There you go. Uh, no delays, as far as I could tell, this week. Um, but we do have some sad news for the Halo fans that still play on 360. Uh, all Halo titles are going to be losing their server support on the 360 within the next year. Uh, approximately one year from now, December 2021, online service for Legacy Halo Xbox 360 titles will be discontinued. Owners of these titles will still be able to play these games indefinitely. However, certain online features and experiences, particularly online matchmaking, will be limited or disabled. Bummer. Yes, but at the same time, the Master Chief Collection mm-hmm. does exist, which yeah. is the same stuff but better. Yeah. Um, and that's playable on Xbox One through Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. And they have better frame rate graphics depending on the console you're on. Yeah. Um, they're fully supporting those. So you're just sh- basically shifting platforms yeah. at this point. It's basically for it. saying you need to get a new console. Yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, this is 360. This it's been a while. two console generations yes. old. Yeah, no, it's not wrong. I was shocked they even had it available <laughs> yeah. still. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the release of next gen. Buying an Xbox One should be cheaper than ever these days. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> uh, Nintendo Switch also has the Funimation app available now for people to download if they have that subscription. I debated if this should be in games or not. I decided it was in games. Okay. <laughs> so, this is the anime streaming service mm-hmm. netflix anime is yeah basically what it is right yeah yeah uh you can watch that on your switch now if you have subscription cool or i guess you could also do it without a subscription but you have ads got it and limited functionality as far as you know you can't make a library and all that stuff right playlist whatever uh and that's available in the u.s and canada plans to expand the united to the united kingdom ireland mexico and more countries in the coming months they said nice that's what they said Ghosts of Tsushima Legends, which is their online raid portion of the game, uh, is adding unlockable costumes based on God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Bloodborne, and Shadow of the Colossus. And these will all be available until January 15th, 2021. How do you unlock them? Uh, You do like Destiny type raids, Hmm. but in this game. Okay. I don't know if we are going to be allowed to do it or not because we... I don't know if you have to finish the story or I don't know how it works, oh, the okay. details of it. We'll have to look into we'll it. We'll have to look into it. Yeah. It was like a Monster Hunter thing where we had to be like hella ranked up and hmm. whatever. We might not be able to do it. Got it. But okay. Otherwise, we'll check it out. Yeah. I guess we have a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Get on it. I wish I was going to be all off all next week too. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> or just like forever. Yeah. <laughs> if I could just keep getting paid and not So here's the work. thing. I'm not coming back to work, <laughs> but I would like you to keep giving me my paycheck. <laughs> If you could just keep giving my paycheck, that'd be great. <laughs> I found a story the other day, actually. It's not really news. It, I mean, it is, but it's like not really. It's more like just like I wanted to just bring this up because I fucking can't believe this is a real thing that happened. Uh, so there is a game streamer on Twitch or whatever fucking platform he's on called Rowdy Rogan. This is a six-year-old boy. The fuck? Who streams primarily Warzone. <laughs> And has 95,000 followers. Now you what think that's a crazy story. Yeah. That's not even the story. That's just the backstory <laughs> of what I'm about to tell you. I hate. 
things. So this six-year-old kid was supposedly banned on a live stream from playing Warzone. And it turned into this big dramatic thing where a bunch of people started to be mad at Activision for banning a child Mm -hmm. from a game. Which, let's just point out, he's six years old. Should he even be playing the game? He probably shouldn't be playing Warzone to begin with. That's insane. But it spawned this whole hashtag, Free Rogan, in support for this kid who got banned from Warzone. Mm -hmm. Turns out, the kid was never banned. This was a marketing stunt, PR stunt from his parents trying to attempt a viral video for a eSport clan called FaZe. And it's for a competition that they run called FaZe 5, where the clan has applicants, I think every year, that complete challenges to move on and be accepted into the clan. I think they, get, they end up having five that they accept by the end of it. But they get like hundreds to thousands, I think, of people trying to get into this. Yeah. So basically, to do the competition, they had to make a viral video that went, well, viral. They had to make a video that went viral. Okay. And so that was what they had to do. And that was the only requirement. Like, it wasn't, like, anything about what they had to do to do that. It was just get something viral. Okay. So this was their plan, was to play the sympathy card on their kid supposedly getting banned from the game that he plays. Yeah. So how um, do you video, how do you record somebody getting banned? I guess I don't know how that works. Uh, so basically what it looked like what they did was they just recorded something and then it was in their archive, but they didn't actually like stream it, but they they claimed they did. Okay. Turns out what they did was the mom was in the other room and then signed on while they were on this computer. So it popped up that they were kicked from oh. the server. Okay. It never technically said they were banned for anything, but okay. they played it off like they were banned. Okay. And by they, I mean the father was with the kid. Right, yeah. Um, And so I guess they were placed in the top 20 of this whole phase five competition. Yeah. And so that's when they started to do this. Mm-hmm. So here's my thing. Do you think the kid had anything to do with the actual plan? Or do you think he was just like oblivious that this was intentionally faked by his parents? Okay, so for one, I didn't even know that a six-year-old would have the mental capacity to play Warzone. So oh, he's good. I've watched some videos of him, like just like Instagram or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. you'll see like a random feed where someone yeah. shares something. Yeah. Like I've seen him. He's fucking good. How though? He'd probably kick my ass. But there's he's. I just don't under. I just. Well, you know, like kids are better at like learning languages and shit when they're younger. And yeah, like it's it's like that kind of thing where they their their motor skills <laughs> are just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, but not motor skills. Like yeah, I get that, but mental capacity to like understand how to like plan ahead and like like strategize and shit like they probably don't plan ahead they're probably just in the moment there's okay reflexes and okay so basically my my point is that i wouldn't have thought that a six-year-old could even be good at a game like this um so my first instinct is is to say he probably had no idea but if i'm wrong about the first one i could be wrong about the second one too i don't know he could just be an innocent bystander and not know. know okay let's put it like this if he was in on it his acting is a lot better than his parents. Right. Because he looked like he was sincerely getting sad about, like, the idea that he was banned. Yeah. Um, assuming a six-year-old even know what, knows what That's what I'm means. wondering. Like, do they even know what that means? Do, do I have... Maybe, abs- am I just completely out of touch yeah, with what six-year-olds I, I, no, are like? I'm like, I, maybe we're just out of touch with what a six-year-old capacity is. Because to me, I'm like, six-year-olds can barely hold a conversation with me. Like, it just... I just don't, because they're always like, oh, look what I can do. You know, yeah. and, like, I just, and then they <laughs> clap their hand. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool yeah, cool. Story, waste my idiot. fucking time. Waste my fucking time. Yeah. 
or they're just like obsessed with petting the cat. Like they're 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 not. They don't seem to me. I don't know. A six year old. Yeah, I think we're just old. Okay. Uh, I mean, it seems that way. Yeah. He's, he's he's very successful. Well, fucking great. Uh, for him. Or I guess his parents are probably getting all the money. So yeah, that's kind of a dick. Thing. Uh, so I mean, basically, what I wanted to bring this up was like, I I'm sorry. Like maybe I shouldn't say, but I just feel like this is terrible that these parents did this. Yeah. Just so that they could try. To get him into some esports clan, of course. Granted, it's so he could succeed and make a bunch of money. Yeah, but, but who's he's getting sick. that money? He's yeah. get, who's getting the money yeah. exactly? It just feels a little concerning that this is something that somebody would go out of the way to do. But I guess it's really no different than like beauty pageants and like what kids are like put through in those kind of aspects or True. like other like activities or sports or whatever. Right? Yeah, like in. Um... Other countries, sometimes they'll start gymnastics training or whatever training for the Olympics when they're, mm-hmm. like, five or six, so. Or just, like, you know, kid actors who are, like, they don't even really like doing it, but they're doing because, like, they're kind of just, like, that's what you that's gotta do. That's just what you do, yeah. So, I guess I can say I hope that he wasn't in on it because if he wasn't in on it, at least that means that his parents aren't teaching him how to be shitty already yet but they are because they came they're out, doing it the yeah. next day they came out with their reveal video mm-hmm. but i think before that uh some outlets were kind of suspicious of it already based off like just like little f- red flags within the video yeah um of how it happened yeah because there were again there was no confirmation it was a ban but they kept calling it a ban yeah and it was it was pulled from their footage not necessarily an actual stream that they showed they're like video of them being banned oh, okay it just sucks because i feel like it was just like let's say the kid had no clue right mm-hmm. so now he's gonna find out his parents fucking faked something yep and then it's gonna make him look bad he's probably gonna lose like viewers mm-hmm. subscriptions or followers right to an extent because they don't want to support liars you know people <laughs> that like are faking shit for like you know pulling heartstring yeah type Whatever emotions. Yeah. I mean, you gotta hope that he wins, right? Essentially, you have to hope he wins. Yeah, no shit. So, my question is, does this kind of behavior disqualify him from the competition? No, it sounds like the <laughs> talking, like, I don't know, one of the articles I read, the one of the representatives for the, the clan basically mm-hmm. just addressed the situation of the requirements to have a viral video. But there was no, like, actual kind of damning of the topic of what they did oh, versus okay. Okay, so they're... praising it. It was just... A neutral, yeah, well, they're just supposed to make a viral video, and so that's, that's what, what they to did. Do. Yeah, okay. So it doesn't sound like they care either way. If anything, it makes them look better because they yeah. now got even more support because yeah. now they are not just the video, but the news behind the video Yeah, is now even being a viral topic. Yeah, that's true. I don't like that. I don't like yeah. any of that. It's just scary that this is like where society is headed, potentially headed, where... And on the topic of younger players... The console wars are officially over. Oh, yeah? The console wars are dead. <laughs> Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo are teaming up to provide a safer experience online. Corporate Vice President of Xbox Operations Dave McCarthy was quoted saying, We can accomplish more when we work together, when we work toward the same goal, and so we will each continue investing in, evolving, and amplifying our approaches to user safety. As we continue this work, we will prioritize protecting the safety of our players, especially those most vulnerable. Uh, and so basically they, they have a, a strategy that they're going to all work together to cover a few aspects. Prevention, which is going to empower players and parents to understand the controls and control gaming experiences. Partnership, 
they want to commit to partnering with the industry, regulators, law enforcement, and communities to advance user safety. And lastly, responsibility. We hold ourselves accountable for making our platform as safe as possible for all players. Yeah, and they seem to be directing this. They say all players, but they're talking about including the youngest players. I mean, that's their priority, Yeah, their priorities for, like, kids to be safe. One flaw, though. Yeah. There are little kids out there who are... Assholes. The problem. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, that. The problem. (laughs) They shit talk online, Mm -hmm. and then as soon as somebody responds to them, Mm -hmm. they're the victim. Yep. I've seen it happen. Mm Mm-hmm. In chats. Yeah. And that's kind of like, not me personally doing yeah. it, but I've seen it happen and that's exactly why I don't even bother when I'm playing online. I'm either in a private chat with friends or I'm just not in a chat. Yeah. Or I'm not in the public chat. Yeah. I don't have a microphone if I'm not playing with friends. Yeah. Sony's kind of been on the on the mindset of your band mm-hmm. temporarily to permanently, depending on the severity. The severity of you saying anything to anybody, especially yeah. a child. Yeah. Just be cautious, people. Yes. It's good that they're trying to protect young kids. Yeah. But at the same time, you should be protecting everybody. Yeah, but also, can can we... I just want to mention, kind of, isn't it ultimately the responsibility of the parent? I just hope that by doing whatever they have to do to make this safe for the younger or more vulnerable players, that they don't limit the features that allow adults and reasonable people to interact. Because... I mean, I guess, like, streaming services have figured this out. They have, like, kid-friendly channels. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they can figure something out like that that doesn't affect the rest of us. Well, the problem is you're seeing kids playing games like, well, Warzone. Yeah. Where it isn't even for a child. Yeah. Or at least it shouldn't be. Yeah. But there is a huge market of kids yeah. playing that game. Yeah. Because it, it's just deemed okay right. at this point. It would be interesting to see. I mean, probably not everybody would like this idea, but it would be interesting to see if they could do uh, servers that you're playing on are based on your age group or whatever. You know what I mean? So the six-year-olds are playing with other six to ten-year-olds yeah, or okay. something like that. I mean, that's that's an option that they could come. I'm sure somebody that, would have a problem with that too. But I'm I mean, just, that that should be able to be possible because yeah. all you'd have to do is, let's say, your gamer tag is associated with a date, your birthday, yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. And so parental controls can set it up, like you said, because they are a minor, they're only allowed to play in games with other minors. Right, yeah. And then that would prevent any concern of yeah. foul conversation at or least, whatever. At least a lot of concern. Not all of it, probably, yeah. but... <laughs> I mean, I think it's an idea, but probably somebody have an issue with that, too, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not in charge, obviously. It but... would just have to be a scenario where the kid has no control of changing it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's probably going to be an issue as well. Because a lot of times I think kids play on their parents' gamer tags, so they might not necessarily even have their own. That's, well, but, I mean, Xbox has always been a, a family thing where you can have gamer tags that associate with the one online account. Yes. And then you could have your own gamer tag. Yeah, that's true. So, it's it's possible, it yeah. seems. Anyways. Okay. I don't know if I got too deep into that. No, you're fine. Okay. Um, and lastly, in our gaming news, uh, CD Projekt Red is, well, they're they're in the red. They sure are. Uh, <laughs> so since our last topic of their launch, um, a lot has happened. Uh, they actually have responded to the refund situation. Uh, apparently, they told people on Twitter that they apologized for the situation and that they should all submit for a refund if they're not satisfied with the game uh, at the, you know, location that they purchased it. Yeah. Via digitally or physical. Right. 
uh, everyone took that as, oh, they are approving refunds to everybody. Mm-hmm. And they're saying to go do it. And so what happened was people went to go get their refunds, but they all fell under the policies of the distributor still. Mm-hmm. And so places like PlayStation were saying, oh, no, you are not eligible for a refund based off how long you've been playing the game for, you yeah. streamed it, whatever scenario it was in their policy that does not allow you to get a refund. And so people were being rejected, which then backfired on them because then they looked like they lied about getting yeah. refunds. Yeah. So because of this, they have taken the approach of saying that they are going to approve refunds if they will not get the retailers to do it for them. Yeah. Uh, so they will basically do it themselves. And so they said, uh, should this not be possible, please contact us at, they gave a web, uh, a email address, help me refund at cdprojectred.com and we will do our best to help you. Mm-hmm. Since then, both Sony and Microsoft have removed the title from their digital stores, but physical copies are still available in retail stores if you are able to get them and still want to. Yeah. Basically, it it seems that Sony and Microsoft have now officially allowed returns for the specific title as well. So it's it's the exception now based off the situation. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the company talked to Sony specifically because they were the, the bigger issue it looked like. And I think they struck a deal to allow them to accept refunds for it. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they're going to... I assume CD Projekt Red is going to lose the money on that end of right. it or something somehow. Yeah. As far as that goes. Yeah, there, there's so much disappointment surrounding this release. They're even uh, talking to... I saw something in the New York Times about this game, which like I didn't expect to see anything about that. Uh, about a video game. Because it's games. controversial and yeah. it'll get them clicks. So. Yeah. But they're talking about how lawyers in Warsaw are talking about the potential for a class action lawsuit against CD Projekt Red because of misrepresentation supposedly of the like four game. investors right four, uh yes yeah like the investors would be the ones suing yes lawyers and investors yeah that's crazy yep it's sad it's like it is you either <laughs> die here or you live long enough to become the villain yeah <laughs> we obviously still don't have it but from what i'm understanding it's really just the base xbox one and ps4 game that is the big problem yeah. The other ones have issues, but they still work. And a lot of people are saying that they enjoy the game and they're having fun on the higher performance consoles. Right. So I guess it's just, they probably should have just dropped the base console versions yeah. of this game altogether. Yeah. But they had to meet the demands of being, didn't they, wasn't there like a thing where games had to be uh, current gen compatible or whatever? Yeah, that's yeah. the thing that was like yeah. they were basically so they were pushing trying. for that. Yeah. yeah, I think this will like we've said last week. It, this is going to like clearly make a precedent for what games are going to start being announced as next gen only versus trying yeah. to get them on all consoles. Like, yeah, it would have been better. Sony, for Microsoft are going to need to basically say, okay, we can't have everything. We need to pick and choose which games are going to be. Yeah. Be able to compatible on both ends and which ones are going to be like, these are... I have a feeling that... Next-gen exclusive. The last time they delayed this, or the not this the last time, but the second to last time, which is when they delayed it significantly, I feel like that was when they said we're delaying it because we want to make sure current-gen is whatever. Um, but if they had... Uh, my thought is if they had just released it for next-gen only, it probably was ready to go. 
and maybe the issues that they're having are because they were trying to make it compatible with current gen yeah. and they never intended to do that to begin with. But that was in response to all of the hubbub surrounding games needing to be compatible across both versions. So that's a bummer. I wish, yeah. I, I kind of wish that they could go back in time and say, it's next gen only. Sorry, bye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, with all of the problems of the game, there's also now news that it kind of like the Skyrim thing I was telling you about in the past mm-hmm. with so the save file apparently there's an issue if you get over eight megabytes on the size of the save it can have the potential to permanently corrupt and make your save unusable well that's ever sucks. again what? so basically you'll lose all progress you made in the game oh my gosh um which like i said that that, that happened in skyrim yeah back on ps3 and 360 yeah uh different developer different game obviously yeah but same type of game and so I thought that was very interesting that two independent things have the same kind of bug issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did put out a, a, the newest update, Hotfix 1.05, on all consoles, so Xbox, PlayStation, and PC, mm-hmm. um, which addressed issues with quests, visuals, stability, and more than that. There's a detailed list if anybody wants to look at it at cyberpunk.net. Okay. But it's been a huge mess, and it, it, I feel bad for them because, like, this game will be fun. It will be enjoyable. And overall, it will work perfectly fine in a couple months when they get these updates out there and rolling. And yeah. it's going to work fine. Mm-hmm. Will not be shocked if it contends for game of the year, assuming it doesn't have that bad taste in everybody's mouth that it yeah. stops it from winning. Yeah. Or being noticed. Right. All right. That's it for our news. We can get into what we played this week. We played Control which came out on Game Pass recently on December 3rd. And so we finally got into it and finished it. Um, The game originally released in 2019, um, but it just came to Game Pass. So we decided to check it out finally. It's a third-person action-adventure RPG developed by Remedy and published by 505 Games. It uses Remedy's proprietary Northlight engine, which was first used in Quantum Break, in case anybody's familiar with that game. And um, last year, it was named Game of the Year by pretty much all gaming websites and got several awards and from different award things. Um, It was very, very well received. The next-gen version doesn't come out until February of 2021, but there are... um, So the version that's on Game Pass is just the base game, and they do have two DLCs that are available if you wanted to purchase the game. One of them, one of those DLCs is actually a crossover with Alan Wake. So I know people... Which which were games that they made on... 360. Right. Yeah. So, um, I, when I first started this game, I felt like it was a little, uh, what do you say? Eerie? Creepy? Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got a very specific tone. Yeah. That if you are not into like horror type things uh-huh. or just feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. You're going to really struggle with this game. Yeah. It was a little hard for me to get into. Because in the beginning, I was like, I'm just creeped out this whole time. Well, <laughs> the, the, the beginning is very slow. And, yeah. like, it's basically just an empty empty building. Yeah. There's no enemies. Yeah. It's just really you investigating yeah. the building, trying to find somebody. Yes. And it just kind of slowly progresses from there yes. into, like, a more horror tone. Yeah. I felt like, personally, for me, when... Once enemies started appearing, I got I was less uneasy about it. I was super creeped out whenever there was nothing around because I kept thinking something's yeah. going to show up. You're like, finally, somebody! <laughs> There's like a weird thing throughout whatever this event that has happened at this place it's called the Oldest House um, caused a lot of the staff to be, they're like suspended midair, like a 
20 feet above the floor in like weird positions and they're what yeah. and there's and like they're just they're just kind of like background yeah like ornaments yeah they're just the little <laughs> like... little creepy as fuck ornaments and then there's this like mantra being kind of repeat like this this talking in the background which mm-hmm. i don't know if it's coming from them or if it's coming from where they just the air the ether i don't yeah. know but that part was creepy when i first encountered that mm-hmm. there's like this weird chanting kind of thing going on the hiss right it's they call them the hiss it's yeah. like this entity yeah that kind of talks to you inside your head and yeah yeah i just so i was creeped out to begin with and then i also had a really hard time with the battles in this game like i got to a certain point where i was like I'm either going to not continue or I'm going to put on assist mode. And so I was like, yeah. I just did it pretty quickly, pretty early on. Because I'm not self-professed, not particularly good at games. If it's a puzzle, I will do it over and over again until I figure it out. And I sometimes, sometimes I get mad, but most of the time I'm okay. But if it's like battles and I just keep dying and I can't figure it out, I get fucking pissed and I want to leave. Mm-hmm. So for this, thankfully they have some pretty cool features for assist mode, which basically like auto aim and like increasing your health bar refill and some other shit going on. There's also like some pretty advanced ones like one hit kills and immortality, which were cool, but I chose to not do those. Just Which for whatever fucking reason, achievements and trophies are still enabled. Yep. If you use those to help you just yeah, beat the it's... game no problem. I guess it's that kind of story uh, that that the concept of like Assassin's Creed has the story mode where it's more yeah. like Really easy fighting, but just so you can experience the story. Right, yeah. Um, I guess it's just another concept of accessibility for others who who may not be able to play as well. Yeah. So Um, I was really glad that that was an option because there wasn't any basic difficulty changes that could be made, but I'm not that good. And I, I looked it up and it was like, it's intended to be challenging, of course. Yeah. What was weird about this game was like, I would fight a boss... Or what deemed to be a boss. Mm-hmm. And I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But then I'd go into a hallway or a room. Mm-hmm. And there'd be like three peasant type fucking enemies. <laughs> you know, like just like no. Random assholes. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. tweakers. Yeah. And they just like. <laughs> they, they weren't even possessed. They were yeah. just some drug. Yeah, it was the... just some guy. Yeah. <laughs> and they would kick my ass. And it just yeah. made no sense because I'd go against a lot harder fucking enemies mm-hmm. and I'd have no problem. And then this motherfucker is just asking for Tree Fitty and yeah. I just can't fucking get away. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't have Tree Fitty, motherfucker. <laughs> um, just out of curiosity, did you use a lot of melee or close up? No, I hated okay. that. I okay. thought it was completely useless because it barely hurt them. Yeah. When I first started, I used Melee a little bit because I was, like, panicking. You know how I am. I was, like, Mm -hmm. button mashing, trying to figure out what the fuck to do. So I used that out of desperation because I knew what that button was. And then if they were close to me, I felt like I was going to not be able to do much damage with the gun for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, So I felt like uh, there were certain enemies that had, like, this rocket launcher type gun. And those ones always fucked me up. And that pissed me off. Yeah. Until I got my own. And then I was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) This game is kind of all over the place with the type of game it is. Yeah. I mean, it's called an action-adventure RPG. Mm-hmm. I guess you could argue that. it. it RPGs are very vague these days because, like, everything's considered an RPG now. Yeah. Pretty much they have that whole aspect of your your skill tree, which expands. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's your choice where things go, potentially, yes. yeah. So it's kind of designed where it's really you just have to customize to like how you, how you play because if you like get hurt easily and you're not good at like a dodging and stuff mm-hmm. like that you're gonna want to focus on 
upgrading your health. Oh, uh, yeah. But otherwise, you know, focus on your attacks that you, like, enjoy using. Right. Um, I, I obviously focus on health immediately because that's always what I that's do. That's what I did games. naturally. Yeah. And then later on I was like, well, I mean, don't we need to focus on that now because I, I'm doing okay with the, the health, but my attacks seem to be weaker. Like, the guns... So there's really only, like... You have one gun, essentially, but it has different modes, I guess you would say, yeah. which make it seem like different types of guns. Yeah. I was kind of surprised how little range there was with the types of, of weapons like it felt like they were relative relatively the same thing like two of them were basically like just a charge shot but they they were deemed different guns yeah there was the only difference between those was one was uh it would pierce armor and the other one was just a grenade launcher but they were both kind of a charge shot gotcha yeah um as far as like upgrading and stuff i felt like it was a little like complicated because it felt yeah. like there was like all these random items you had to fucking have mm-hmm. to upgrade each type of thing and there was no rhyme or reason to, like, how to get them. It was just random. And where to find each And kind. where to find them. Yeah. And it was just, like, I'd want to go upgrade because I'm, like, struggling with hurting enemies yeah. at this level. And yeah. then I couldn't upgrade because I didn't have this one fucking item mm-hmm. that I need. I had two out of three. Yeah. And I was maxed out on everything else. Yeah. But I couldn't get the fucking upgrade. And yeah. And it took forever to even get that. So that was a little bit of annoying yeah. aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Overall, the game did feel like a mix between a really simple Metroidvania. Yeah. Where you have to kind of go back to other areas. But like, was... it was really more just for like the upgrade type stuff. Not really so much the story aspect of it. There was a little it. bit of the story you had to go back. But okay, yeah. yeah. But mostly, but, yeah. But they had checkpoints and stuff. and So it felt kind of like a Metroidvania. But like it, it really reminded me of Resident Evil. It, yeah, it reminded me of you're, that too. You're, you're a... A woman looking for her brother, essentially, yeah. is the plot. Yeah. Um, you're wearing this, like, leather jacket. Yeah. Like Claire. Yeah. You're roaming around a building that's, like, got basically just, you know, not really zombies, but essentially zombie-type Essentially creatures. zombie types, yeah. And there's multiple different types, depending mm-hmm. on how the hiss affected them. Yeah. It just, it, it definitely gave the Resident Evil vibe with, like, Dead Space and... Yeah, when it I, was interesting. I started playing this game, and about like thirty minutes in, I was like, "I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to finish this, but I know Steve's gonna like it." So, <laughs> yeah. But thankfully, once I changed the difficulty, I was able to handle it because I was just super creeped out in the beginning. But once I got that assist mode on, I was able to like actually make it further, and then I was like more comfortable. By the end, I was like, I didn't feel like it was creepy at all, but I feel like I just got used to it. I guess. Yeah. Well, you said that I was gonna like it. Here's the thing. Yeah, I thought you were. <laughs> I did enjoy it in the beginning. Uh-huh. I think near the end of the game, it really lost it for me. Uh-huh. And I think I ended up hating the game uh, <laughs> in certain aspects. Okay. No, I don't... I'm not saying I hate the game. But parts of it. I beat the game. Yeah. It was like, what, 10 chapters, I think. And then there's a bunch of side stuff you could do. Mm-hmm. I think it's about 15 hours overall to, like, beat the game with side stuff completion. I feel like the story was fucking dumb overall Mm -hmm. i think it went downhill the last third of the game Mm -hmm. and they just kind of pushed a rushed ending at the end yeah it's like they didn't know where they were going with it they was like okay so so here's the conclusion yeah um so i didn't like that it felt like the balancing of upgrades to progression of the story was not right it didn't it didn't match so I think the intent is you're supposed to go do a bunch of side stuff uh-huh. in between missions. Yeah, I did a lot of side stuff. Because it just felt like it was impossible to do certain 
levels if you didn't have better weapons. Yeah. And there was no, like, concrete, like, letting you know that you should have had a better weapon by then. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I, it's hard for me to speak on that because obviously I had assist mode on, so I'm not really sure. But Well, I ended up doing that by yeah. the last two chapters because mm-hmm. I was getting so frustrated with, especially the, the way that you load back in after you die. Yeah. So you die and then it loads you into like basically one of the checkpoints or save. The last control point. Save zones. Yeah. And sometimes they're like really Pretty fucking far, far away. away from where you are yeah it saves your progress of what you did yes getting to that thankfully. point thankfully but you do have to like run back mm-hmm. uh, sometimes much further than you're comfortable doing yes it, it definitely made me irritated sometimes i'd have to like respawn there a few times in those big gaps and mm-hmm. i'd be like you know what fuck it i'm yeah. over this game now yeah and i'd walk away yeah you know so i think in that aspect it really kind of made it not enjoyable yeah and I didn't want to have to go back. It, w- it became a chore rather yeah. than me enjoying the game. But then there's times where I was really having a, f- a fun time with, yeah. with with the fights and, and doing mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like yeah. watching you play, you, you seem like you were really good with the levitation stuff. I love And that. shooting and stuff using that. Yeah. I fucking hated that. <laughs> I fucking hated it. You hated it? Yes. Okay. Because I couldn't get a grasp on how it worked. And okay. so I'd press A and then i feel like I like... Would hover, but then I'd fall, and then I could press A again, and I'd think, oh, I'm going to hover. No, I just fell even more. And it's yeah. just like, maybe it's just how I'm, like, maybe I just can't grasp it, but it just, it never fucking worked for me. So there was a point where I beat every motherfucker in that room, mm-hmm. and then I went to the next section, and there was a big fucking couple bridges that I had to hover oh. over to. And I fucking hovered to it, but then I fucking fell right before oh. the, I got to it, and then... Guess what I had to do? Start from Run all the way across the fucking world again. Yeah. And it pissed me off so much that I was just like, I don't even want to play this now. Yeah, I feel that. And I think that was probably the weakest of the missions because it was like this doing a chore for somebody situation. I remember that mission. Um, So it just, I feel like there's good aspects to this game, but there's also really shitty aspects. Yeah. And the whole idea, like you said, like, well, the game is meant to be like difficult Mm -hmm. and challenging. Yeah. Then why the fuck do you have the options to make it basically God mode? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I when I so when you first turn on assist mode, it says blah 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 blah. Uh, it's meant to be challenging and rewarding. It's highly encouraged to try without assist mode first. And so I was like, oh, okay. Which I, I did. Eight you of did most the 10 of it. Missions yeah. like that. Yeah, and I was pretty early on. Whenever I made that decision, and I was like, "Okay, I'll try again." And it was like this. Like I think it was the first boss. I just couldn't even possibly like. I tried it eight times, and I was like, "Fuck this!" You know what? So like, I left, and then I came back, and I tried again, and then I was like, "You know what? I'm done. It's assist mode time." And then that was me for like most the entire game almost because it was the first mm. big boss that I couldn't beat, and it wasn't even really a big boss, as it turns out later. So. um I would highly encourage anyone to use assist mode because it is more fun that way because you get, I mean, yes, I agree with you, uh, having the ability to say you're immortal and you have one shot kills on everybody seems kind of, to kind of take it away. So I understand why. Some people enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, I even enjoy it for a little bit, but then I, after a little bit, I was like, I was like, I'm doing this just because I didn't want to get the fucking story out of the way so I can review it. Right. But if this was the whole game, I I wouldn't enjoy this. You would cheapen it. Yeah. 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 
So I think maybe towards the end you were just trying to finish the game. So maybe that's why you didn't get enough out of the guns and like the modifications and stuff. Because I kind of felt like. But most of the time I was doing that, and like I said, there there was points where I just couldn't I couldn't upgrade because I didn't have the the materials I needed. Right. But I wasn't spending them elsewhere mm-hmm. because there was nothing to spend it on because it's literally just for upgrades. Yeah. So were you? Dis- why did I not have these materials by then? If I it seemed like I needed to have them by right. then. Right. I think it probably was meant for you to go back because a, a lot of the areas early on, so they have the security clearance on the doors. Mm-hmm. And I only ended with uh, security clearance six. Same. That's, so is that the highest it goes? That's as high as it goes okay. for now. Obviously, it goes at least to a different to nine. I think was the highest. That's number. what I thought. But it went somebody higher. else had that clearance, so I ended that's with that's presumably six. side mission stuff. I don't even think we go that high. I think it was just that one door. Okay. But maybe in the DLC they'll go higher. Okay. Um, because I definitely felt like there were also these like collectibles and letters and like documentation and all yeah, the shit yeah. that you That's could all find. Just, that was all just filler. Yeah. And that was more Resident Evil type feeling yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I was reading like almost all of it because I was kept thinking it was going to be relevant to like fixing something or whatever. Mm. And sometimes it was, but mm. other times I felt like I read things and I was they're like, I don't have an answer just, to this. They're just more world world building is what those yeah. are meant for. Yeah. I think this has some good and bad things to it, and I, I think once you upgrade. A good chunk it'll be more rewarding mm-hmm. but overall like it feels like it's just really scattered as far as the the progression of difficulty with your ability to upgrade mm-hmm. yeah i get that and that made it really unplayable for me in right. that aspect and as far as like the skills go like the the what you have it felt like there was only like a handful that were like these are what you need to actually get through the rest of the game yeah to get to where you need to be yeah everything else was like really cool and stuff but they were like you don't even need them yeah you could technically beat the game without having these extra skills right even though they're really cool and like they add diversity to the battle right they make it more interesting and they add your they add to your ability to use different strategies but they're definitely not required to beat the game I felt like the shield ability. I was so excited to finally get that because I fucking hated that way. Mm. The way that you get that, I that thing pissed me off. Mm-hmm. But I finally got it, and I was so excited, and I almost never used it. So yeah, I was, I was like, kind of the same way with the, the shield. I use it if I had low health. Yeah. Then I would use it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, like one of my strategies would be like put up the shield and try and like shift over to go grab some of the health yeah. off the ground from the other guys I killed. Yeah. And then go back to safety or whatever. Right, right. Um, didn't always work out for me, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I feel like... I agree that there were some inconsistencies in what was really necessary, but I also felt like some of the enemies were weird, too. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. it would be a new enemy type, but they seemed like they were, like, the grunts, but they did so much damage on you that they could kill you or yeah. take down half your health with just one hit, and it's like, what the fuck? And there was, there was rooms that have, like, this gas or environment that mm-hmm. you can't go in without it hurting you, mm-hmm. and I beat the game and i've never found any kind of item or anything that lets me into those rooms yet so i is it even relevant do i even need to bother it's a side mission okay yeah see like they're everywhere i was doing i didn't understand why i was never being put into these rooms yet yeah i was work i was working on the other day and it was i was talking to that like scientist bitch who was like an actual bitch Mm-hmm. that's that's the side she was like rude she was super rude but yeah. um that was the side mission for that you do a couple of tasks for her and then she gives you something that makes you immune to whatever that is okay yeah so but it's not relevant to the story it's just extra okay yeah 
And those kind of things will, like really yeah. annoyed me too because yeah. it's like the game's all about exploration. Like it yeah. doesn't really tell you where the fucking go. It goes, oh, this is the area. Yeah, you figure it out. Go figure <laughs> out. Like we're not going to tell you to get there. Yeah. The map sometimes will be like, oh, it's very clear. I just go to this hallway. Yeah. And then it's you like, get to not, that hallway. There's no fucking there's door. There's nothing there. Yeah. You've got to find another route to get to that place. Yeah. And it's, it was, I guess that's where the Metrovania stuff comes absolutely. in. But like it, I don't know. It, overall, I was a little disappointed in the story gameplay there was some really fun stuff but there's also stuff where it frustrated me which i guess is their intent yes but i had a lot of frustration that doesn't get me excited to play more (laughs) yeah um i would definitely play more if whenever the next gen version comes out or whatever Mm -hmm. uh, or upgrade um maybe we'll consider it for the dlc or whatnot but yeah and then if anybody is interested in this game or or wants to buy it they do currently have it on sale, at least on Xbox, for twenty dollars mm-hmm. for the ultimate edition, which is this game, plus all of the DLC expansions, uh, as well as an upgrade to next gen coming out in February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I was on the fence before I even got to the point where I was frustrated more with this game, where I was like, yeah. well, "Should we just buy it for twenty bucks? Yeah. We have the expansion stuff." Right. But then I was like, "Well, not sure." Probably end up playing it before the upgrade even comes out and then, and then why would i even bother playing it again exactly yeah so i would definitely recommend anybody who has game pass to check this game out because then you'll know for sure if you want to buy it or just like i didn't think i was gonna like it about half an hour to 45 minutes in i was like i don't know i'm just gonna i'm just playing this so we can talk about it and then i got hooked on it so i think the opposite happened to you yeah i think <laughs> I, I enjoyed it a lot more in the beginning than yeah. i did by the end so i guess that makes sense <laughs> i just feel like the story really fell flat like it just like that was your ending? Are you fucking kidding me? Granted, yeah. I was really tired when I finished yeah. the game, but yeah, I don't think I was like not able to understand what was going on. Yeah, the ending, the only thing, the ending part that pissed me off was that it's still kind of open ended. <laughs> that there's like, I, I feel like there is no, there, there's just there isn't a conclusion. There is no full conclusion, and I'm like, so can I continue and make a full conclusion, or am I just yeah? spinning my wheels like i don't know for sure and so i don't want to go dedicate another four hours to trying to clean out the fucking place you know yeah. what i mean so <laughs> i don't know i i i would have wanted a little more from the ending but maybe they'll yeah. take it with the and then they try and be cute with like you think the game ends but then it doesn't end oh and yeah it's like the fuck and i knew it didn't end i was like well i know there's another chapter at least right so yeah. what the fuck are you doing yeah you're wasting my time yeah skip the shit let's get on with the rest of the game yeah i was I was confused um, by that when it but, happened. But there are sections of the game that are very slow and tedious. So, in that they're all about like finding an item in a room that's like got a bunch of weird, trippy, fucking paranormal shit going on. So, like, yeah. if you're not into that, having to sit through tedious task of like finding shit to open a damn door. Yeah, and then like puzzles and having to like remember a pattern so you can put it in somewhere else yeah. and like being able to just do puzzles by memory. I think that's a really important. I did get frustrated and I looked up a couple of them because a lot of them were like, I solved some, I think, pretty hard ones on myself when I finally figured out, like, what I was doing, but a lot of them were a little complicated and I was like, I don't understand, so I'm just going to Google it. Yeah. <laughs> so, overall, it's a, I think it's, I think most people will enjoy this game. Yeah. I was frustrated with specific parts of it, but mm-hmm. I see why it's been a popular game. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention that I did really like is the music. I felt like the, there were a couple of specific parts that had like pretty and like the music was the main event. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting how they did that. It, it really did 
uh, work well with the atmosphere yes, of the game. Absolutely, yeah. It definitely was a element. It made emotion. the scene what it was, or that section, and it defined it. So yeah, yeah, I liked it. It was very cool. Creatively, this game is very clever, and yes. I, I I think they had a good a great concept. I just yeah, I wanted more I, from the I ending. I feel like they just didn't know where to go with it by the end. Yeah, unless and maybe that was intentional for a sequel. I yeah, don't know. maybe but they're it leaving just, it felt like it fell real flat for me mm-hmm. and the the not being patient with the the way that you spawn back in and have to do shit over and over yeah made it harder for me to want to continue it yeah i know i told you about that as soon as i found out i was like oh you're i'm not think you're gonna like this <laughs> at least you don't have to re-kill the enemies though but yeah. it is kind of irritating to have to retrace your steps so i got really anal retentive at the end yeah. like i would always go to a place i would go find a control point no matter what i was doing i'd be like mm. okay i know there's one here so let me just go double check to make sure i'm safe because i don't want to go because yeah. you've spawned at the most recent control point you're at not the closest one so yeah so i i overall enjoyed it i think i would slice this one i'm gonna have to test it i okay. i'm borderline sample it to be honest but i i could see where it has redeeming qualities and i think that it has a lot of potential mm-hmm. with the sequel but it just it, it, it was a little overall frustrating playing this game yeah. And I felt like as far as the skill base goes, I was just, I felt I only used certain things mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. And so it made the others feel like that's cool that you have them, but they don't seem really relevant. Right. Yeah. Or needed. It was, there were certain, yeah, I get it. There were certain bosses or certain situations in which they were meant to be used. And then other than that, mm-hmm. it was up to you if you liked using it or not. Or if you put the effort in, or if you're able able to upgrade it. Because yeah. if you didn't upgrade it, it was fucking trash anyway, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't buy it. Yeah. I'm glad it was on Game Pass. Okay. That's it. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Check us out on Facebook, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at DTFPod. We'll be posting stuff here and there. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. We'd appreciate any reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Um, we would love to get a review or a rating in any way. Um, you can also send us direct feedback via email at dtfpod at gmail.com or you can send us uh, suggestions or content requests through that same email. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also find us on our website at dtfcast.com. That's it for episode 72 of Dissecting This Fiction. Look for a spoiler episode of The Mandalorian coming next week. Yep. Standard episode to be determined. Yeah. Based we'll, off we'll see. <laughs> how much there is out there. Yes. Uh, either way, happy holidays Mm -hmm. and stay safe. (laughs) Bye-bye.